Hey, yo, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ to Roll podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, yo, what up? We got DJ D Miles. What up, what up? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. This is the LA edition of Road Podcast. We're here in Beat Source offices in West Hollywood. We got a special guest. We've been wanting this very special individual to come on the show for a minute. Mm-hmm. We were actually shocked that he's listened to. I guess a few of our episodes or maybe a more. A few? <laughs> Shit time. <laughs> Listen to most of them. I yeah. mean, we shocked that he's cool with Jamie. Yeah, yeah. we're best yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, mm-hmm. we have basically Rockefeller royalty in the building. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best A&Rs in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. One of the best ears for talent and music in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. He's been a part of uh, some of the most classic albums in hip-hop history. Yep. His management company, Hip Hop, since 1978, has managed legends like Just Blaze, Kanye West, Jeezy, T.I., Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj, Drake, Griselda. Um, and uh, he's also responsible for writing hooks for some of the most classic Jay-Z songs like Big Pimpin' and, and Song Cry. You know, we have the amazing Hip Hop in the building. Hip Hop was good, sir. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's up? Pleasure. What's good. Yeah. So, wait, wait. I, w- I want to know a couple of things. <laughs> Why do you listen to our podcast? <laughs> How'd you come across How'd it? How'd you stumble onto this DJ podcast, this obscure DJ podcast? And mm-hmm. why uh, are you and Jamie so tight? Why y'all cool? My guy. <laughs> Not me? I'm answering the last one. First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tacos. No, just <laughs> Tacos, <laughs> Millie's. You know, Tacos, Millie's. You know yeah. the vibe. Yeah, Silver Lake, that area. Yeah. But, um, um, how did I come across it? I listened to a lot of music podcasts, so I think it might have popped up during that time. But the first one I remember was during the Rock the Con eight track thing. Oh, okay, ah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so I think that one kind of like had me like, "Dad, what is this? Like, what's going on?" Yeah, and you, you then, saw you saw something buzzing on Twitter or something, or what? Nah, I think that. Um, I think I seen the names, like the people who mm. that was like, you know, yes, and then I then I seen what it was, like a the DJ podcast. I was like, let me check it out. And I don't go out a lot or in that scene, so it kind of was like a insight to stuff that I'm around but don't really know about. Right. So mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So a lot of things y'all talk about, you know, I just never knew. You know what I mean? And, and there's certain things I, I'm sure that, yeah, like I know exactly what y'all talking about, you know what I mean, from a music standpoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, I think a lot of this, is, some of us is the same age, some of us same places, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Think, so, I think you and I are a year apart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I think, you know, just that aspect of it and just like the different point of views, the different ages and stuff, I think it just covers a good, you know, gave me a real good insight, especially like during before the pandemic, like um, like during that time when it was like records of the years and right, right, right. What's, what, you know, what's, what's happening in the club. Because you're getting to hear like, like what the DJs are talking about, like candidly. Exactly. And like, uh, mm-hmm. you're right, just yeah. honestly speaking. Yeah, and seeing when it changed too. I think it was maybe one of your episodes when it, you- They focus on Never? Yeah, when they focus on Never. It might have been Never's birthday episode. Yeah, Never. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that I think was, it was one three years ago, four years ago. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. so I, I remember that one being early because I remember being like, dang, they was 
was DJing around the time when I was, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, like the late same records and mm-hmm. stuff, and yeah. you know, so it's like just hearing like a a dual perspective, you right. know what I'm saying, yeah. for like mm-hmm. the time that I lived through, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like we were around the same eras, but in two different worlds a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah. You guys were playing uh, the records, yeah. mm-hmm. and it, he was making the records. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's that's the thing is that <laughs> you were you were in the studio making these records, mm-hmm. yeah, and then you're hearing about us playing them. And how the crowds and how the clubs were reacting at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I never really <clears throat> went to the clubs like that. Really? Yeah, like no. The first time I went to the club was with Jay. Of course. When, when you was, like, <laughs> was like this little place called the Tunnel. Yeah. Ninety four, ninety five. But and you, you was in, I was in high school. And, you was in high school, and it was the Country Club on Eighty Sixth Street. I remember that spot. Yeah, with Maria Davis. Mm-hmm. It was oh one shit. Of, it was like her place. night. Everybody yeah. was performing. Original Flay was performing. Jay was performing. Oh, Cam, wow. Children of the Corn was performing. The um the the chick we had Roughness. She was performing. So it was like Dame had his whole basically it was like everybody, a everybody he was representing yeah. kind of like had a slot and uh-huh. um because it was kind of like a. An unsigned night, almost. You know what I mean? To where almost like showcase every time. But there yeah, was a lot. Yeah. yeah, there was a I lot think, of showcases at that time, right? Yeah, for, a lot of showcases for artists. Yep. Because mm-hmm. at the time, reasonable, reasonable doubts wasn't even out yet, right? Like no, no, no. He used to rap over um, like Raekwon beats. Like oh shit! Mainly, he had in my lifetime. Mm-hmm, yeah. Both of those. He had coming of age. They used to perform that. Him and Bleak will oh, perform shit. that uh-huh. as a new record. Was it the same beat for Coming of Age? Mm-hmm. And he would do Can't Knock the Hustle over um, Criminology. Oh, oh. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. The fuck? Like real aggressive. We'll make a short-term code when the weather folds. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he, he was doing that. You know, a couple records. He did the 22 twos. Mm-hmm. That was in the yeah. show. I love that record. Mm-hmm. So he had a full show with the In My Lifetime records. I'm trying to think how he ended it. Um, later on, he ended up having like Ain't No, you know, yeah, Ain't yeah. No, and that was like the main record mm-hmm. at the time. He had a couple of features, like the Shy record. Yeah, he performed yeah. that, oh, you know, a couple of records he, you know. The Hose Brown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say, what is it? Yeah. Um, Do For Love. Do For Love, you mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. I always thought like you was running Baseline Studios, right, with Young Guru? Kind of? Yeah, I, um, I kind of like hired him. Yeah, so I was already there. Like, I got the, um, I convinced Juan to build Baseline Studio. Mm. Like, Juan wanted to start a label, and I was like, why don't you build a studio? Him and Malik Sealy, rest in peace. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, Malik yeah. Sealy, damn. Yeah. So the Timberwolves, dude. Yeah. 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 So I would have. St. John's. <laughs> yeah, St. John's. That was my yeah. team. Yeah. So I would have thought, like, I thought the way it worked was y'all would record at the studio mm-hmm. and then y'all would just go to the club right afterwards. Right. They will. But the thing was that other artists would come. So I would have to stay. Ah. You know, like Beans would come late after Jay would leave. So Jay, would, Jay was quick. You know, he would come in like at six o'clock. And be gone by like ten o'clock. Ten. Yeah, like you know, he's not like a late night studio person unless he's just hanging out. So but then, typically, how long were you at the studio for? Shit. All, all twenty four. He lived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He showered yeah. and Larry went to like. I, um, sometimes we would get a room and just to take showers. Me, Justin, Guru, and we would just like come back, give each other the keys. And we'd go take showers and stuff. I ended up moving closer to the studio. So, you know, that was the thing. But we'd kind of just alternate taking naps and shit like that. Oh, because, shit. um, yeah, because, like, Dipset came early. 
they came like 11 o'clock in the, you know. In the morning? Yeah, in the morning. Oh, like wow. before noon, yeah. Cam was coming to the studio and waking people up. So we would start working with them first. Then by the time they leaving, like 6 o'clock, Jay's coming. And then Jay probably leave at like 12, and then Beans is coming. And Damn. then Beans is going to be there all night. And then when Dipset come, like being, it's like they gotta like step over wow. state property, like yeah. they like sleep. You know what I mean? Like like Cam will do verses while niggas are sleeping on the couch from yesterday. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it'll be like that. That's a crazy of, scene, you know. So you were like the operator for like a hip hop sweatshop. You just yeah, basically. And then yeah. you had to like remember what songs they needed to record. Were you organizing all of that pretty much? Yeah, like that's where. Um, like Lenny S and G come in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they they wasn't really there, but they would just come in and like extract stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, here's these new songs. They come, you know, download all the information from me, and and they'll take it back to the office. As far as credits and admin stuff, and even when the songs is finished and I mixed it, most of the time they'll take it they'll take it to the mastering and stuff like that sometimes. Like, I have to go master, but they would, like, they would take the actual tapes. You know what I mean? Like, I would just stay there. So this was, like, six days rotate. a week? Seven days a week? Just Yeah, like, like I would just go home, you know, just randomly, more or less, like, um, you know, if I got to do something or, you know, just I'll be back in a few hours type <laughs> of thing. It's still when, but if the artist hits you, like, yo, I want to record... It was just back to the studio. Yeah, somebody is always there. So it's never wow. like, okay, they can't record if I'm not there. So how long was that going on, that that kind of way of living? Um, Probably like a good five years, four or five years. Five years, six years, four shit. So it's like, what, 98 to like 04? 03. 03. Yeah, it, it, for me, it kind of ended in 03, but not really because the Black Album... The freeway was like oh three yeah so yeah the last thing was like black album and freeway was the last thing I did in that thing it, it continued for a little bit after me but um not in that way because then I ended up me and just we ended up buying baseline and that was like you know another that's like later on that's like Saigon and stuff like that and you discovered just blaze um yeah actually G. Um, found Just Blaze or yeah G or one of the artists we had they just came to us was like yo we found this new producer he can make beats like anybody and he only charged this much I think it was like 10 grand or 5 grand something like that and that's how they kind of introduced him to us and he had beats that sounded like he had soulful beats he had like Swiss type beats he had what was the first beat that caught your ear from Just Blaze um it was a joint called Who the Fuck Want What with Beans and Bleak. It was like their first record mm-hmm. was the first one. But it was a big pun record he did that um, was on a pun album. And um, so I was hearing the stuff he did and I just heard like his, I could hear his talent. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I kind of was focusing on. More like, okay, this guy could do a lot of stuff because I had a lot of artists. Yeah. And I needed like that type of versatility. And the other producers kind of had their own thing already, whether Kanye, Bink, and like No ID, 
like I went to them for what they was already doing. At least Bink for sure. But Kanye, he was able to change up and like he was sampling more because I wanted samples more than it was like, oh, I'm just a, you know, he wasn't technically a boom bap producer. Like he was, you know, he so was he trying was to be big. producing based off of your need. Yeah, he was trying to be big. He had records. He was like more into JD, more into like bigger records, like mm. trying to like maybe not sample. But that's why I think his sample stuff sounds so different than everybody else. It's like the drums and everything is like, he's not trying to do what everybody else is doing, like hide everything. It's like, it's almost like a the separate, like the drums could live on their own, like sometimes when the way he programming and stuff. So it was a, that was always his thing, but he wasn't like trying to be that, but that was kind of like what we was going for at that time, mm-hmm. because I just felt musically hip hop, but just had like too much keyboards and stuff like that. And it kind of was like, you know, I couldn't feel it like I felt like Supreme Clientele or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. that was kind of like, maybe you could say like the the main influence for me, you know what I mean, taste-wise was Cuban Links and, and you know, and Ghost, like RZA. That early RZA sound. Yeah, the early RZA sound. Which is kind of like that raw, chopped up sample. It's like a little bit. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not really premierish, but it's like gritty and you're yeah. hearing exactly where the sample came from. Exactly, yeah, right. 100%, yeah. And it, it kind of, it's like, it's still relevant to this day because you hear like Griselda kind of rhyming over a very similar style yep. except with like you know su- more subtle drums yep. and yeah, it's for like sure. you know it's like this sample loop yeah it's that's... like album cuts and a loop yeah 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 <laughs> you know what I mean stuff that people would be like nah we can't put that out cause I remember that being the case with um what we do Till the sun come up Crack a 40 when the sun go down It's a cold winter Y'all niggas better bundle up What we do Yeah, when I, when I first did that record And we did it out here actually And I was excited I was like, dang, this record is it's crazy And they was like, nah, we can't put it out I was like, why not? They what? were like Wait, who said no? Dame why, who, who? He said it don't have a hook mm. So uh. he was like, yo, y'all gotta put a hook on it You know, we can't put out a single without no hook I was like Alright cool So we went back Tried to do a hook For like days We just kept trying And trying And I'm like I'm, I can't I can't put none Of these hooks on there We're gonna have to Just leave it how it is And they was like Well If you leave it like it is We'll just white label it Wow So it was really Just a white label Did he was saying that Even with Jay's verse on it Yeah Even with Jay's oh, verse The way it was yeah. God damn yeah. bro Cause it wasn't th- I think that energy that's what I was kind of just going off of. Like, yeah. it wasn't no, I didn't know, you know, what to do. I never really, you know, was thinking about structure or anything. It was yeah, like, because it was like that Reservoir Dogs energy. Yeah, yeah. Where, you, like, Reservoir Dogs, you can't really have a hook. It just went to the beat. Right to the beat. And then, uh, what's his name? Talking on talking shit. The dude who uh, imitated Scarface. Pain in yeah, the ass. Yeah, pain yeah. in the ass. Pain yeah. in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> just talking <laughs> shit on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so... With that kind of record, how did you convince them to put it out? Because that was a single. It it wasn't the single. It wasn't? No. The single was the record with Alan Anthony from Chris John. Oh, All Right. All Right, oh. yes. All Right was the single. Mm-hmm. And then that record kind of was a white label that ended up just bubbling up Ooh. to the point where you couldn't really stop it. 
and then they was like, hey, let's shoot a video for it. Got it. I was going to ask you about that. I'm like, damn, it, it got to the point where you mm-hmm. had to shoot a video. That's what it was. It was the conception yep. that it was a single. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. By the time it was over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what did yeah. Dame? How did Dame feel about that after? Um, I don't know. He never really thought about it. Talked about it again because I never really like. <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> yeah, like I kind of stayed in the zone of the studio, so it was like, I know me and what you call it didn't talk. Freeway, really? Yeah, we didn't really speak after that. Why? Because the record that they wanted, I didn't like the record. So he came with the record and he was like, yo, I got the single. Because they was like, yo, we need the hook, we need all these things. Because yeah. Freeway had, you know, he did have like a big buzz. You know what I'm saying? Coming mm-hmm. off Rock the Mic yeah. and all the records he had. So they was really trying to like nail it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, nah, this is it. And I had other records I thought was it as well. Like the flip side and a couple other records. Ooh, but yeah. they, you know, he did that record and I wasn't there. And... And then he played it for me. He's like, yo, this is going to be the single. And I was like, he's like, what you think? What you think? I was like, I don't think it should be on the album. Wow. <laughs> and I think he kind of felt bad or, you know what I mean, and stuff. And then the album was over at that point, you know, and I was kind of gone one foot in, one you foot out. To, you just submitted it, right? Yeah. Like once I kind of finish the album, I don't even listen to it no more. It's like I'm already on the next one. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So... So by the time we did that, I think I was Black Album. I was already starting the Black Album or something like that. And so I was like, okay, cool. If that's what y'all want to do, that's what y'all want to do. But I wasn't with it. And then eventually the other records started to work and stuff like that. And then that was just that. So that never released. It never got anything. It's still like kind of... Which one? Uh, the, the flip side record that he wanted to... Yeah, it came out. It ended up being the, the second single. Oh, which what one was that? Yeah, flip side, man. Oh, I, oh, <laughs> oh, we're talking about flip side. Mm-hmm. Oh, you wasn't feeling flip side. I was feeling flip side. I wasn't feeling the Alan Anthony record. That came out. The video came out and everything for that record. Yeah, okay. the all right, the one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then the next two ones was what we do and flip side. Yeah. So I thought those could have been the single when they picked the, oh, the one that yeah. was the first one, but it kind of just got glossed over, basically. Shit. But y'all was never cool after that? I mean, I just stopped seeing them because I stopped working there. And we never, you know what I mean? So it was like he was kind of like at the office because he was finished recording. So it was like when you finish recording, you kind of shift to the office and you starting to, you know, do your credits, do your artwork, thank yous and, Mm -hmm. you know, shit like that. You know what I mean? So he was like into that mode. And I was either, now I was into definitely doing the, the, the Black Album because that was the last thing I did. It's funny, like when we do, like when you do reach out and you DM, you know, like mm-hmm. we DM on Instagram sometimes. Yeah, it seems like you're so fascinated, like with like, you know, when Goldfinger was killing the clubs, right? With that whole era, mm-hmm. it, and it was like because you, I guess, you were working so much, you never got to go out during right. that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like everything for me is mixtapes. Like everything was mixtapes, like because I could just take them and just do what I got to do. So I just always was like buying. All of them from like the uptown ones to like Fat Beats and yeah. what was that other place around the corner from Fat Beats? Uh, it was like the it was like a Nubian type. Place. Oh yeah, that sold the incense and uh, yeah, the incense African, and all that. Yeah. It was like yeah. a Rastafarian. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 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 I want to say like House of Shabazz or something, something like, like that. that yeah. yeah, House of Nubian. House of Nubian. 
<laughs> yeah, I used to go in there because they have like the Goldfinger, like all the yeah, other type of mixtapes right. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff, you know, kind of getting into even like the Rock Raider mixtape, stuff like, you mm-hmm. know, like those type of things. Like I still got all of them now, more or less digitized and stuff. But um, yeah, so I was more into that. The club thing, I kind of didn't ever really have the time. I go once in a while, like if they go in and I'm, you know, maybe nobody show up. Yeah, yeah. Because Beans wasn't every night because he lived in Philly. So it's like, that's why he would come at 12 because he would drive up from Philly and maybe stay in town for like two, three days. And then he's out for a couple of days. So, you know, a lot of times I, I might go out every now and then. But for the most part, if I did, it was tunnel of speed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like, because I wanted to feel what we was doing, yeah, more or less. How was that feeling when you just saw, when you heard the record and you started just going off in the club and shit? Yeah, it was, whoo. Um, I think one of the first times I really felt that was where something like I did and thought it was going to work and it worked was the, it was some bleak records first, honestly. Mm. The early Bleak records, like mm. the um, Man, My is. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm. like those records. Because I always, like everything was the tunnel for me. Yeah. It was like, okay, it got to work in the tunnel. It wasn't radio. It wasn't like nothing else. Because we wasn't doing venues, wasn't doing touring. So it was like the tunnel. That was the, I guess you could say the epitome um, for what the record could do if it could really make the tunnel go crazy. Mm-hmm. That's what I was kind of going for, a tunnel banger. Yeah, yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what they used to call them, right? Yeah. <laughs> a, a tunnel, tunnel banger. banger. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it was like, I, that was like my goal musically. So to do it again, wreck it. 12 a.m. on my way to the club. 1 a.m. DJ made it a rub. 2 a.m. now I'm getting with her. 3 a.m. now I'm splitting with her. Was the one. To do it again is big. Do it again, yeah. yeah. I they filmed Rock, it at the tunnel, right? Filmed it at the tunnel. And I remember Rockwaller giving me the beat with the intro. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is going to be crazy in the yeah. tunnel and stuff. And then people <laughs> didn't want it. Like Beans didn't want it. Bleak didn't want it. And then, then oh. Jay ended up taking it. But it was sat there for a long time. Really? Yep. And then... Um, why, why, why were they fucking no with hook. it? It didn't have no hook. Oh, uh. And that's why I did the hook because you did the hook for "Do It Again." Yeah, dope. Oh, <laughs> Twelve a.m. on my way to the club. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's from like a Go Go record. Yeah, yeah. Um, Essence or yeah, Essence, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Overnight scenario. Yeah. But I only heard the record one time. When I when I you know I just remember the concept. I couldn't really remember the, you know, what they were saying. I know they said Waffle House, mm-hmm. and that was really it. <laughs> but <laughs> the Waffle House, yeah, the Waffle yeah. House. I knew that was in there and stuff. So, yeah, so we kind of started listening to the record without the hook. Then it was like, man, if we could just get a hook, we can get a hook. And then I remember being like, actually, it's this Go Go hook. I remember that I heard when I was at Hampton <laughs> Homecoming with SMS. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and that was that. And, and he was like, you know, I remember he, I remember telling him he would drop me off in my house. And I remember saying it. And he was like, well, think about it and figure it out. And we're going to do it tomorrow. So I, a whole night, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what they were saying. You know, no YouTube, no nothing. Yeah. And just trying to, like, recall, you know, what it was. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we just 
probably just worked it out. Did you have to record a reference or anything or not? Nope, no, nah, nah. never, never. Mm-hmm. So once you got the hook, Beanie decided to get on the track. No, he was on it. He was. Oh, on he was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Now he got on it after Jay got on. Oh, okay. It, you know what I mean? And then Jay started messing with it, and then he then he got on it, but he passed on it for himself. Oh, okay. kind of. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, on that, honestly, that do it again got to be one of my favorite top ten Jay Z records of all. It's a classic time. intro. Yeah, that intro is insane. Mm-hmm. And for sure, I, I was in Harlem at the time. I remember when it dropped, mm-hmm. and it was just it had like that kind of. I don't know. It kind of had that Harlem flow a little bit, that braggadocious, like yeah. really. Yeah. No, I don't give right. a fuck. Light. Mm-hmm. You know. That was kind of one of his. I think you could say stepping into his. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in that rain, like becoming the guy, the superstar. Yeah. Like yeah. Kinda, but rapping yeah. from that perspective, like I seen the same shit happen to Kane. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was three cuts in your eyebrow. <laughs> yeah. He was talking yeah. about the success and stuff, and yeah. kind of like, I guess you could say we was like aware. Of like what was going on, like okay, this could work in the tunnel. I'm I'm aware as far as the music go, and he's aware. Like okay, if I say this, they're gonna you know they're gonna yeah. react to it. Mm-hmm. I know they're gonna say you know and stuff like that. So it was just like I guess you could say starting to get our groove in that way. Because the first one, first album, I didn't really A and R, our A and R in the sense of kind of like what G and M was doing for me. I was do- I did for that album. Like with the Clark Kent and Ski and everybody, and kind of yeah. collected the credits, mm. collected the information. You were like I, doing admin, almost like 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 interning administrative work. Yeah, exactly, learning yep. learning the paperwork and the process of yep. putting the records together. Yeah, because I used to read credits a lot, so I kind of knew certain things. So that's what you're doing for Reasonable Doubt. That's what I did for Reasonable Doubt. Yeah. So w- what is the story behind? Like, so you have like this ear where you can spot beats, so you can you can know what the songs are going to be and like I, you know I, we, you were telling me Jamie that you had a, you had an ear and Dame Dash was noticing that you were picking the right beats for certain shit I never used to go to the studio I used to be in I used to do um, college radio that's what I started doing first oh. I worked Dead President slash Ain't No Nigger took it to number one on college radio oh, basically so I was calling like the Bobitos and mm-hmm. those type of guys and um, Mayhems and um, you know I was calling those guys and um Sending them records and working it at like the was like CMJ Mix Magazine, like yeah. doing that type of thing. And you were tied in with Rockefeller because because uh, your brothers were Bigs. And yeah. They- now I got tied in with Rockefeller because I was friends with Cameron. Cameron, okay. Yeah. So I used to be with Cam, and he and Dame lived in the same building. So all of our friends, Duke the God, we went to high school together. Jim Jones, I went to high school with him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. My other friend Ashley, we went to school. And Cam's school was like our rival. Him and Mace went to Manhattan Center. I went to Julia Richmond. Right, 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 right. So basically, from me being around them, I would end up at Dame House once in a while. Or I see him and I'd be like, yo, play me some Jay-Z records. I want to hear some records. And he'd be like, yo, where you going? I say, I'm going to the east side, what, AK or whatever, the projects. And he'd be like, all right, cool. And he'd take me there and just play me politics as usual. That, you know what I mean Like in 94 You know what I mean It's crazy It's like I remember Jay had to change the numbers He had to change the years On the songs and stuff <laughs> You know I remember I remember being like Yo you know he, he said 94 You know It was like It was like I had to like You know I, That was like my thing Like picking out Those little small You know Details and stuff But um So Me being around I will always Have tapes 
mixtapes, stretched Bobito tapes. And so one time I had the Get Money remix when it just came out. Mm-hmm. Junior Mafia. Yeah, the Junior Mafia one. And, I, and my man was like, yo, dang, you never heard this. And he played. He's like, where you get that from? And then he was like, yo, I got to call Clark. You know what I mean? So, you know, he knew Clark and Day J. So he's calling Jay and stuff. He's like, yo, you heard this? You heard this? And so he was impressed that I had it. Mm. So he was like, yo, where you get this from, man? And I was like, I taped it off the radio. He's like, you taped it off the radio? You be taping the radio? What type of shit is that? You know what I'm saying? So he's like kind of still that's making fun of me. That's a good impression. <laughs> yeah. That's a good team impression. So you kind of making fun of me. But he's like, yo, I need this. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. You, you know, you can keep it. So the next time... I think I told him, like, yo, you know my brother. I, you know what I mean? So I told him he knew my brother. But he know my brother Bob and Dane was friends. Not really Biggs. Oh. You know what I mean? Because that's the best out. Biggs was younger than them. So they older. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, you know my brother Bob and this and that. So he was like, oh, word? You, you, you Bob brother? And then um, so from that point, you know, he was kind of, cool with me when he see me but I don't see him a lot you know I just see him leaving the building or something like that yeah. or if I see him and he ask him to hear a record he'll you know take me on a trip and play the records for me wait it, it, because you brought up Clark Kent and you brought up the remix is that how they got Brooklyn's Finest that beat Clark think? Kent was already he signed J- Dames he signed the Original Flavor yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so he knew Dame since he was like 19 already. He oh, knew right, Dame right. forever. So they, they had a real good relationship. So that's why he was like, I'm going to call Clark. Because he's like, yo, I want, it, I want the record. So he was kind of calling Jay bragging about the record. But Jay like, oh yeah, Clark played that for me. And, um, <laughs> and then I remember him like pl- saying like the rhymes to Brooklyn Finest. Like Jay saying them to Dame and Dame put the speaker on. And he's like, no more, Mister Nice Guy. You know what I mean? And he's saying that, and we, me, Cam, and thing, and Bloodshed, we all there, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, covering our mouth because we knew, you know, everybody was like, always wanted to hear New Jay. We knew how good he was, but it was like real obscure. It was like hard to find his songs and his music mm-hmm. and the stuff until I realized it was all on Chubby Chub tapes. But yeah. <laughs> it took me, you know, wow. but, because that was his DJ. So he yeah. would have stuff, but nobody was looking for it. So I just started buying it and stuff like that. So I ended up having a lot of J stuff. And then by the time the Big L song came out, the freestyle, they wanted the freestyle. Biggs was like, yo, my brother got it. That was the joint on the Stretch Armstrong show. On the Stretch yeah. Armstrong joint over the Milk Bone beat. So mm-hmm. he did that and he told them, like, my brother got it. And then he was like, okay. So they came to my house, picked it up. And then at that point, he was just like, I would just see him every now and then. And then one day my brother was like, yo, we starting to label together. He was literally taking me home from from the game, from like a basketball game. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to start a label with Dame and Jay. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then he was playing music and stuff. He played me like another Jay record. I can't remember which one. I think. Think I'm um, coming of age. He started playing like records, you know, that was being that they was working on and stuff. And then I'm like, holy shit, you know, not really understanding what a label is and nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. But just, you know, I just knew Jay was good. I knew he knew him because of Dame, but I didn't know that they was that cool to where they were starting to label together. Mm-hmm. So at that point. One day my brother called me and was just basically like, yo, come to 17 John Street. 
after school. And I was like, okay, I didn't know where it was at. Somebody had to help me get there. <laughs> and when I went upstairs, it was um, Damon, Jay, Tata, my boy Ray Ray, Garnett, Garnett Reed, um, probably like at least like five, six other guys. And they was all playing their presidents, politics, and another record. And they were trying to figure what was going to be the first single. And, you know, and I came in kind of late and they was like, yo, what you think? <laughs> then I'm like, I, I actually picked politics. And they was like, all right, cool. But then the one guy who was kind of trumped everything, his name was Ray Ray, because he had like, he was going to work the record at radio. So he was like, nah, let's go with this one. It got the Nas sample. Mm-hmm. You know, so they kind of rolled with it. It was like, you know, DJ's going to fuck with it, stuff like that. So that's how that president became the first single. And by the time I left, or was about to leave, Dane was like, yo, you gonna work or not? Mm. He just asked me, you know, I'm like, am I gonna work or not? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> and this is in the, you know, he was like, yo, you wanna work? I was like, yeah. He's like, I right, come back to you tomorrow after school. And I was, every day after that. Who gave you the name hip hop? Dane, <laughs> because of all those events okay, of me constantly trying- coming through with stuff. And my name is Kiambo, so. I remember one time Jay was on stretch and I went with them and you know he's shouting everybody out and he come to me and he's like shout out to Big's brother and then he was like yo how you say your name again? (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. And then I was like after you know after you know later on he said that and I was like yeah but he was like alright cool we gotta get you a nickname (laughs) and and then um, and then later on Dane was like oh yeah that's hip hop he always got some hip hop. That's hip hop. He know everything about hip hop. That's hip hop. And you know, he went through a few other names, but right on 72nd BBQs. Wow. <laughs> that was a shit too. BBQs yeah. on 72nd. Uh, yeah. yeah, get those Still big, there. Big Texas size joints. Yeah, that's exactly what happened that right there. So, mm-hmm. so explain to me what AR is for, for motherfuckers who don't know it, because I feel like we mm-hmm. all we all knew kind of and hear heard about A and R's in the nineties, two thousands. I mean the the world definitely has changed since. Yeah, but like yeah. you know, like an A and I don't even know if A and R's exist even now for labels or I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, they definitely still do. Somebody gotta, you know, collect the stuff. Yeah, I remember when um when I met Pimp C and I told him I was A and R, he was like, man, he said, so you collect the tapes. He said, because my A&R only come pick up the dats. <laughs> he was like, you know what I'm saying? He was like, I was like, nah, I pick the beats. I do this, I do that. He was like, well, ain't nobody picking my beats. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was kind of like being aggressive because I'm telling him what the job of an A&R is. Yeah, you know, yeah. so he's thinking I want an A&R for him. But I was just calling him to be on a record or something like that. But so basically, technically, it really means artist development, artist scouting and, and, and repertoire. So the artist scout part is finding the artist. The repertoire is finding the music. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's like you have to do both. You got to find artists and then you got to find songs. Back in the days, finding songs was a more difficult part because you needed songwriters and right. producers. And you had to. So it was a harder job at that point where now most things are self-contained. So you just kind of doing more of the scouting part. Mm-hmm. And then you want to like service it, manage it, help it out so I like to say that it's a manager but for the album 
right. so for the artist, for the project. So it's like, you know, you got to find a project, but then you also got to deliver it. So your job is the delivering of it and making sure that it's, you know, it's done, basically. In, so. in hip-hop, it's it's uh, like in, in hip-hop, right? It's basically an A&R is like finding the beats for the artist. And then is it, and with R&B, is it like developing the artists and like kind of honing in their sound? Yeah, R&B is harder just because it's songwriting on every song most of the time. Right. So you got to find the top liners, songwriters, then you got to find the beats. And then it's a lot of demoing, like somebody else making the records for you. And then you got to play a bunch of records for people to where like, like what they do now for bigger artists, they'll do like song camps and just have like 15, 20 producers and songwriters in one big studio just making music for Rihanna. Rihanna's, Rihanna's, Rihanna's sake. Yeah. Like I think they might have created it. So they'll find a studio with like seven rooms and people in every room and they going through and they making stuff and they giving them topics and they going over and it's, and it's not just like random people it's like yeah the best of the best that's kinda, <laughs> all in there kind of like just for that purpose it's like a war room and they're just yeah. brainstorming right exactly so as an A&R in that case you picking the people to come into the room mm. you picking the producers for them to work with so you might not be picking the beats no more you might be picking the producers to connect them with and having those relationships and being able to do that you know so it's different roles like I never had to pick a beat for Kanye, obviously. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But with Jay, I had to pick, you know, a lot of beats, you know, because it's like he's not going to make none of them. You know, anything else that I didn't pick was because they made it on the spot, mm. basically. Or a couple beats might have got to him just randomly. So you were constantly listening to beat tapes from different producers, from everybody. Yeah, just just constantly, and then you would hear a beat, and you're like, "That's for Beanie." So then you you kind of put it over on the Beanie side. You hear another beat, that's Cam. You hear another one that that that's bleak. bleak. That's bleak. Nah, nah. I would do it one at a time, basically. So if I'm doing because the way albums had to be made back then, you had to make them way before they came out. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So you had to have like. I might be finished an album and this might not be out for another two months. So I'm starting working on the next record. So only if a beat really sounds like Beans will I really save it in that case. But to it, where Right, so you're you're focusing on the artist. At the time. So if like Cam is coming out with an album, you're like, all right, I need to find all these beats and I just that are gonna, that Cam can fuck with that's gonna make his album hot. Yeah, yeah, but it got difficult because, like I said, once it got to the point where we had so many artists that they was overlapping, obviously. But before it was like three artists, so it was easy for me to do. Yeah, yeah. And I only was really doing two. I was really only doing Beans and Jay. Yeah. Was ever Lenny was doing Bleak, and G was doing like a mill and other stuff. A mill. Yeah. What the hell happened to a mill? I was like thinking out loud <laughs> Gone uh, Was there ever a beat That you tried to pick for Jen He was like Nah this ain't it hip hop And you had um, to like Really force that fucking beat I mean it's a lot that Didn't make it That I tried to force it And other people used them 
It's a lot of beats. Um, the um, still not a player. I had that. I had whoa. Had wait, 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 wait. Let's go back. Still not a player. Yeah, big pun. Mm-hmm. The big pun. Yeah, record? the big pun. The, the original or the remix? The remix. Yeah, oh, Jay would have oh, killed shit. that shit. Yeah, that. Um, whoa, said, whoa, whoa yeah. by Black Rock. Wow. Oh so, shit. Whoa, be, I think Bleak passed on that. Oh shit. We had. Um, <laughs> What was there's a couple other ones? You told me that lights, uh, cameras, action. I remember uh, what I was kind of mad. Yeah, he said it was too slow. What? <laughs> it was like 107 BPM. I was like, "What you mean it's too slow?" Like, <laughs> who said it was too slow? Jay. Jay. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, he was like, "It was too slow." Um, yeah, it was a couple because that was yeah because it was Bink. Yeah, it was Bink. It was yeah. I got it from Bink. But uh, let me see. Wait. So when those when those songs like when, when Mr. Cheeks dropped lights, camera, action. And you heard it where you're like, man, I knew this. I knew this. You was a to hit. put your hands up, like, yeah. <laughs> you were just, are you mad or you are you just frustrated or nah? Nah, uh, uh-uh. I'm never really like, kind of like grudges or being like, oh fuck, I told you so. You know what I mean? It's like I'm already moving on to the next record because so, it's just sometimes it's it's just like only 14 songs, so it's like it's like whatever's best for the record, more or less. Mm-hmm. And I know that. A record just gotta motivate him. That's why, like any hook I ever did, was because I had to convince him to do the record. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, come up with a hook, and then I would have to like figure it out. So you did that on Do It Again. Mm-hmm. What other records did you do? You, I heard you did it with Big Pimp, and you made a hook for that. We doing Big Mm-hmm. You told me that was a, that was a hard hard self to big to Pimp C, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Pimp C. Yeah, he didn't he didn't want to do that record. Why he didn't that? want to work with Jay. Uh, he didn't want to do Big Pimp in the record. That too, that he, too. Wait, why did he want to work with Jay? He he was a big Tupac fan. Ah, okay. Hmm. And Tupac had just passed away not too long ago, and and he heard of something. Yeah, there was you a, know what I mean? I guess because Pac said something about Jay, so he's like, I'm not fucking with him because Pac ain't fucking with him and stuff like that. But once he got past that, he thought like Jay was saying, um... <laughs> <laughs> this is the Royal Podcast. You can say pause. Okay, pause. He thought Jay was saying that he was playing with his dick in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, play with it quick in the truck. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, man, I'm not getting on a song with another man talking about playing with himself in the truck. What type of shit you trying to, you trying to have me doing? Hip hop, man, young, you know, young, you my boy, but damn, what you trying to have me doing, man? He said, that's like career suicide. So I was like, um, that's that like, like that Michael Jackson and Prince shit. Your blood oh, yeah. is mine. <laughs> you gonna say what? You gonna say that to me? <laughs> that to me? <laughs> so I, I cleared it up. I was like, nah. He said, I let her play with it quick in the truck. He said, I could see that. That makes sense now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. Then he was like, you know, he started, you know. So then he kind of got closer to doing it, but then it'd be like. Man, I don't know, man. This beat is funny. This is like a funny beat you sent me, man. This is a, this is, this is a funny beat. You know what I mean? So, so he literally told me. He said that, man. I had to figure it out, man. I had to call up Big Gip mm-hmm. and ask him, could I borrow his flow? 
Oh, a uh, big gift from the um, Goody Mob. Goody, Goody Mob. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He said I had the hard call Big Gift and asked him could I borrow his flow because shit I couldn't just come on it like I be doing it. He said I needed to get it, good it, how you do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You know what I mean? And that's why he the choppiness. Yeah. That's what he called it. He said I had to be more choppier and stuff because he was like really like uh. Like he really was well aware of what he was doing. Like he really like broke down his whole flow and his whole thing. Like I rap with a vocal tone to run with the choppiness of Scarface and mm. Southern drawl of Willie D. Yeah. Oh wow. And he, and he did it for me. Like in my face. Like I'm on a big long cat and lot like a. And then he started like like sounding like run and then adding the inflections. And then, you know what I'm saying, doing the whole thing. And I'm like, holy hell. You know what I mean? But then I'm realizing, like, damn, he made all the beats. He's singing on all the hooks. For UK. Yeah. Even on big mic records, he's singing on the hooks. Or, you know what I mean? I'm just a player player and stuff. You know what I mean? Not that one, but um, having things. Yeah, so he's singing on hooks and stuff like that. And, you know, he had, like, a whole nother level of skill set. So by the time he did it and me going back and forth, I remember he was like, man, I'm going to do this for you, young hot, because you've been kept real with me from day one. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I didn't like, when he asked me about an A&R, that was like five years ago, yeah. before that. So I was already <laughs> trying to get them to do another record before. So I, I, I kind of knew him, you know what I mean, back and forth and stuff. So he was cool with me. You know, the video was great. I got to hang with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And stuff. I mean, that was the record that you know, like I'm sure you was a big UGK fan, but that really, yeah. like, mm-hmm. that crossed them over to the yeah. next level. And the whole big pimping thing that came from, um, you're a big Tupac, Tupac fan, right? A bigger Dog Pound fan. Okay, that's I'm sorry, that's what I mean, Dog Pound fan. I remember that was the sound. Yeah, uh, I'm a big Tupac fan. No, but, I was about to say that because it's Dog Pound. I was yeah. say you told me you geeked out when you saw Tupac in Harlem one time buying cigarettes or whatever. Because Big Pimpin' was on the, oh, yeah. um, a white the Above the Rim soundtrack. Yep, Big Pimpin', yep, for sure, yeah. And so that kind of like, you derived Big Pimpin'. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little, just yeah. the name, it just kind of was like, I guess that kind of made me think of them as well. Mm-hmm. So I think I might have thought of them after I thought of the hook. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about them for the record and stuff, because it was just kind of like playing the record. And it was just a beat that you just kept playing, like trying to figure it out. Maybe he was writing to it, because that's what he do, but... It was just one of those, like a random night with Timberland, because that's what we was doing. We would constantly go to his studio. Like, we never worked with Timberland and Baseline. We would just go to, he worked in Manhattan Center, which is upstairs from the Hammerstein Ballroom. Oh, wow. So it's like, it's like right there. So we used to see shows. Like, while shows were going on, you could just walk right out the studio and go right on the balcony and see the show. Wow. Yeah, so so we would be in his studio a lot. And that was like where, you know, Static, Leah, and everybody would be there as well. Different nights, so sometime the same time. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you have a relationship with Leah? Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. I was um, I was with her. I was with her the, the, the day. I was with her the day before she died. Mm. Like, I was, um, yeah, because... We was um, was it the video shoot? Yeah, I seen the video. Rock the boat. Yeah, yeah. Like I seen her dance. 
it was in a regular gym, but I don't know how they make it look like they was on water and stuff like that. But yeah, I seen that part. It was a couple parts because um, I was in I was in Miami with Beans and Bleak recording, and then Dame came down because he was. Though him and my brother came down to check on us, mm-hmm. but Aaliyah was doing a video at the same time, so I was like probably not doing as good of a job as they thought because we went to do a Beans and Bleak album. Really? Yeah. Wow, that sounds crazy. Yeah. It was going to be a duo album? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so shit. we was flying out there to get away. Just was there. It was just Just, no other producers. It was just Justin, like, beats from Kanye, beats from everybody else. Holy shit. So. Wait, whoa. that sounds insane. Wait, so the concept was a Memph Bleak and Beans album produced by Just and, and Kanye West. Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we had other producers, too, because we had, we had a lot of Philly producers who mm-hmm. were constantly, like, they would work with. And kind of bring songs from yeah, Philly yeah. when they come to the city and stuff. So sure. they started getting rapport with certain guys. But yeah, so we wasn't the studios was expensive. It was like a a big operation. Like me and Lenny, we were staying all in Bell Harbor, not Bell Harbor, but by the yacht club, like right over, um, <laughs> yeah, like right there. Um, they expanded the budget for sure. Yeah, so we had like literally was written like apartments like we had like the whole summer we was down there for three months and they might have came so when she back like august yeah like august like end of august so they came and they didn't feel like it was productive but i already kind of aborted mission and we started working separately so that's how we made rock the mic down there because Bean started going with his guys Bleak started going with his guys so he started making like Hypnotic and a lot of the records around here a lot of them records for that album and Bean started making state property records and that became productive but they was kind of mad and so when I got to the video she knew they was mad because they was talking about it Aaliyah yeah so she came to me and was like I got a break and I'm gonna come to the studio to hear what you're doing. And so she came to the studio, she heard the records and she heard Rock the Mic and was bugging. She was like, wow, I never heard no song like this before. Could you get me a beat like this? Could you do, you know? Mm -hmm. So just did her beat like that. And she was like, I'm recording that when I come back. Mm. And um, cause she used to like, we used to smoke, so she would like um, hide. She would hide behind me and smoke and shit. So I remember having some ill weed, <laughs> and she was like, "Please give me some of that. Like, please, please give me some of this weed." Da da da. And she was like, "I'm coming back. When I'm coming back. I'm gonna do that song, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna get high." So it was like I had that ounce of weed for like for like I wouldn't touch it, like because you know she, the next thing you know. Um, I'm at the studio because she leave one day and I might not even left the studio. I might have still been in the studio from when she left. And then next to you know Ross, Rick Ross and them, because I knew him already because he would come to the sessions and rap with State Property. No way. I never even knew this. Yes. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. 
So this is 02? Yeah. 01. 01? Okay. Yeah, because this is before September 11th. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so we were supposed to leave September 11th. That was the day we was leaving. No, we were supposed to leave September 10th. So we had a, that was the last day of the studio. And our flight was September 11th. So it was like, by the time we woke up to leave, or we brought out the studio, could be like, we're going to work all night. We're going to use that time to the end. Like, we're going to use that time until the last session is over, and then we leaving. And then, so that, that ended up going into the 11th. By the time me and Beans got to the room, the towers, that shit was hitting into the towers and stuff. So we had to stay down there for another two, three weeks because there was no flights. Right. And nothing like that. By the time we we got, we we drove, we had to drive all the way back. Oh shit! Yep, his mom's came and got us <laughs> in North Carolina. Somebody <laughs> took us to North Carolina, and his mother came and picked us up, Damn. and we just you know made it all the way back. And then I, that's when I finally smoked her. That house, I was like, okay, now we, we ain't got no more weed. We was on that on that <laughs> road, you know. But yeah, so it was um, yeah, so she was real cool. I spent a lot of time with her, like in the Hamptons. And stuff like that. She was she was out and about. Her and her brother were out in the clubs mm-hmm, yep. when when Mark Ronson was spinning. Yeah, Mark and Samantha, like oh, they they yeah. whole thing. Yeah, Giselle. that was like they were like the the brat pack at that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. in 100%. New York, it was like Mark Ronson. I think he was dating Kadida. Kedita. Kedita. Yeah, Kadada. Kadada Jones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you saw Aaliyah. You saw her brother. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, you, it was just like you saw Cassidy around, and it was yeah. that whole that whole crew. Yeah, no, it was definitely because that's when um. And then that was the time when like Dame was actually like yo hip hop was being integrated in the clubs. Yeah, and you saw hip hop artists for yeah. the first time in like New York clubs, mm-hmm. like in like these like. Yeah, them really so, exclusive hip hop yeah, clubs, Soho clubs, not even the clubs, but also in the Hamptons, like yeah. Conscious Point for sure, and, and on Jetties. Yeah, I just see them up in there. And yeah, and they would, and you saw them with like supermodels, yeah. and I mean like like Sports Illustrated models. Yeah, with like with Dame Dash and everyone was like it was crazy because mm-hmm. you never thought it would integrate like that. Yeah, I remember I see Shine used to start to be at a lot of them spots back then, mm-hmm. and he was like early. Yeah. Moving around in that Soho because he was cool with like um, Richie and him, Richie Kiva, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and Jeski. Yeah, that was Jusky. a dope. That was a dope time, man. Nah, it was. Yeah, that was like two thousand, like probably like yeah, 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 early two thousands and shit. Mm-hmm. You was, mentioned you mentioned Rick Ross. Like I know you kind of like skipped over it, but like for him to be around around that time, mm-hmm. like, who was he connected with? Um, I knew him. I knew his manager. Okay, I knew his manager. His name is Red, Red and Rue. Those are my guys. I knew them from like a homie I knew from the streets who was like, yo, when you go to Miami, holla at these guys. And they used to come and pick me up, take me to Miramar and all around the place and stuff like that. And then maybe one of the second or third times I came out, they was like, yo, we got an artist we want you to hear. And it was Ross. So I heard him probably like 98. Wow, ninety seven. I mean, you know, way back then. Like, yeah. and then they had Circle House. They took me to Circle House Studios, and that's why I ended up booking it later on. Because I was like, I gotta come down here and record. So as soon as I got enough clout to be like, hey, I want to record in Miami with Beans and Bleak, and right, right. So we did that, and I kind of like turned to some good records and stuff, and you know, rocked the mic in a lot of 
couple freeway records, couple beans records from his album. Purple, um, purple rain. Yeah, it was a it was a nice nice amount of like work done, but definitely not what we intended to do. So she kind of looked out because when she came down and saw the stuff, she kind of like gave me like a vote of confidence, like yo, right, you're dope, you really know what you're doing. Don't worry about that shit. You know yeah, because I mean? you was getting pressure from them, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, we, we put mm-hmm. out this budget for y'all, and y'all fucking around in Miami. Right. right. Y'all supposed to give me uh, a Bleak and Beans album, mm-hmm. and these motherfuckers ain't recording together. What you doing? Yeah, because they couldn't agree on beats. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't agree with the tracks. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Beans like a beat, and he won't like it, and he like it, and he, you know, so they might have agreed on, like, two. Damn. And that might have been Damn. a hypnotic record and another record that probably ended up on Bleak album. It's it's funny, like the things you hear about Aaliyah, that sounds like something Aaliyah would do. Would mm-hmm. be like, you all got all oh, this yeah. pressure on you. For sure. She's like, let's go to the studio. Yeah, and then she like, makes smoke. it like, you know, smoke mm-hmm. a little bit. Smoke some weed and they're like, yo, Chill this out. is some shit. I want to be like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She seems like the type that would do that shit. Yeah, no, definitely. And turn the energy all around. All around, yeah. It's like, that's baby girl, right? That's mm-hmm. that's her. Yeah, for sure. Because even when that night, I was trying to get her the weed that night, but me and we couldn't find them. Like, we couldn't find the video. It was like, you know, like you know, like when you go to a video shoot, you can like see it before you get there. The you big know, like, yeah. there's a trucks, here's that. But it was on a college, and we circled the whole college trying to find it. But they was like inside doing the under the water thing in the tank. So uh-huh. she was like in the tank and stuff, and she hit me later like I was in. The, you know, she was like in the tank. She couldn't really what you call it. So that always tripped me out that, you know. The water and the shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing, it was like a video was on, she was dancing on the water. It was like, you know, it was like a lot of that going in there. Like, I heard that record before her, Rock the Boat. Like, I told her about it. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. I remember telling us, because I, I was mad. What, what did you hear, the beat or a reference track? I heard, I heard the reference track, Static in them. I heard it, Ooh, yeah, right, I heard it from, um, from them, or maybe Tim or something. And I don't think she was like really... Cause Tim didn't do that, so I heard it from Static in them, I believe. And then, um, now I remember being like, "Yo, it's just one record." That's like, you know. So I remember telling her about the record before, just off of like, you know, just hearing it, just giving, just like, and then she just recorded it. She checked. Yeah, it out. I mean, she was on the record anyway, but I just remember being like, "Yo, it's a record that they got. That's a crazy." You know, oh, and she man. was like, "Yeah, I know Static is incredible." You know what I mean? But because I managed Static, you so, did, yeah. yeah. Damn, mm-hmm. Static major, yep. bro. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. Did it? Did it? Did it just come natural to manage the, the producers that you were like, you know, because you were A and Ring and for the artists, mm-hmm. and so it just made sense to have like kind of like an army of producers under your wing that you could just. Kind of pull beats from? Not at first. No. At first, it was kind of like um, a conflict. Of interest. Of interest. Because then you were just like, well, let's, just, let's just keep pushing Just Blaze beats because I'm managing Just Blaze. Right. Or oh, this is before I, I started, I thought of that. Because the first ones I was managing was, um, or, or thought to manage, was Buck Wild. Mm. Wow. So Buck Wild and Alchemist. Wow. Like those are the first two producers that I knew, and this is from like ninety six, ninety seven. I mean, Alchemist ninety seven. I knew Buck before I even got in the music industry. 
So it's from Harlem, right? The Bronx. But oh shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I knew his cousin, and his cousin was basically saying he seen that I like hip hop and was like, "Yo, my cousin is a DJ because I had all these mixtapes." He was like, I was "Like, what's his name?" He was like, "Buck Wow." I was like, "Oh, I know Buck Wow, DJ Buck Wow. I got his mixtape." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have him. You know, I'm gonna introduce you to him because he used to come around the way." So he introduced me to him. So I used to go to Buck House and just watch him make beats and stuff like that. So. That's how I had to woe in most of his beats. Wow. And also, every Alchemist beat, everyone, Keep It Thorough, all of those could go under that same question. We gonna make Damn. it? Mm. Yes, every everyone, everyone. That was like, I, I used to go to his dorm. Like, I had, I had this dat. How did, how did you find- I had find, his master dat with all his how'd beats. How'd you find Alchemist? Um, He was with Premier one day, and um, we was doing Where I'm From. And Jay and them just left. They left the studio and was like, hey, get Premier to do some cuts. I was like, all right, cool. I called Premier. He was like, I right, come to D&D and, and I drive over there with you, you know, when I finish doing what I'm doing. So when I got to D&D, he was working on something, I don't remember, but it was a white kid just sitting there smoking and stuff they was just smoking and I smoked but I didn't smoke a lot around Jay and them at that time just like 98 why was that I was trying to be professional you know I didn't want them to think I was like a klutz or something like that or Mm -hmm. if something go wrong they'd be like oh you always high so I wasn't really um, (laughs) (laughs) you know know Dame would have said some shit like that for sure and, and they wasn't smoking right so they didn't smoke so it was like it was easy not to smoke but I still mm-hmm. did. I only smoked with um with Boogie Blind. Trust really? Blind, bro. <laughs> yeah. Wait, where did you smoke with Boogie Blind? Shit, we smoked in motherfucking Foster Projects or Morningside Park. We'd get a bag and go all the way to Morningside and go light up. <laughs> That's incredible. Wait, how did you link up with Boogie? I played ball with him. I knew him Harlem, him. really? Yeah, I knew okay. him. We, we, we both went to Millbank together. Right, so, right. So I knew him and we had like... um. A mutual kind of like best friend because he was gonna maybe go professional kind of he was like really good at yeah he was right? good he could have went division one but I think he ended up having to go to junior college so him and my boy Al- Alfred like Alfred went to my school and him and Blind was like lived across the parking lot from each other in Foster so I, we was going to basketball camp mm. and we all we like. I'm still like maybe junior high school. No, I'm high school now, like ninth grade maybe. And we spend the night at Blind House. So he's like, yo, we can all stay at my house because, you know, you know, like when you got a bus ride or something like right, that, right. you got to get up early, early and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we like, yo, let's just stay, everybody stay at his house and stuff because, you know, so we go to his house. You know, we go buy some Chinese food. We're about to go upstairs and kick it. We go in this room. This nigga got two twelves and the mixer and the whole mm-hmm. setup. I'm like, nigga, I didn't even know you DJ. I'm like, yo, you DJ? He was like, yeah, I DJ sometimes, you know. I, you know, Sometimes. Yeah, so I was like, nigga, we got to make a tape. You know, because we going to camp. So I'm like, yo, we got to make a tape. So that night, you know, he DJ and he made, we made a tape. I'm, I'm requesting all the songs. I had to go to my boy house to go get some records. And this is like a daylight, break of dawn. Yeah. Oh, trends of culture, you know what I mean? Like around that time. Like 03, 03, 04. Wow. No. Offering the trends of culture. They lie. 
93, you mean 93? You said 03. Oh, 93, uh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 93, my bad. I was yeah. like, 03 Trends of Culture? <laughs> yeah. What remix is that? Yeah. My bad. Yeah. So, so from there on, we became real cool because we realized that we really like hip-hop. We really mm-hmm. like music because everybody did when you're young. It's just a normal thing. Yeah, but then yeah. you start to mm-hmm. see the ones that really like it more, the ones that's like going downtown. And I was like a Steve. I used to still only stole tapes, though. I ain't always on like a booster or nothing. I don't swear from uh, HMV. Yes, sir. That's me, too. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the best place to steal. Which one? On 72nd, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, on Broadway, hey, right? Yeah, Broadway. I did that one all the time, and I did 86 once and got busted. You did? <laughs> With a, for a fucking Big Daddy Kane album. Like, later oh on, God. too. Like, like look like, like the job the- for type shit. <laughs> It's funny, you and Crooked would probably would have been friends if you guys had crossed paths. Because you guys were both cool with Boogie Blind and stealing from the same yeah. fucking store. Yeah, because yeah. I was right there. I, I went to Joan of Arc. Oh, you went to Joan? I went to Calhoun. That's, uh, so yeah, yeah. So you was on, uh, yeah, you was right on 79th, right? Yeah, not, not, wait, wait, Joan of Arc? Joan of Arc is on 90, 90th, 91st. 91st. Oh. And Columbus. And Columbus. Yeah. I was on 81st and West End. Gotcha. I got a yeah. full scholarship to um, Calhoun. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, I remember that. I used to have to always walk by Brandeis, oh, and I'd be like, yeah. "Fuck, man!" Like, <laughs> you know when this, either when they coming from the train from eighty six, yeah, I was like, "Fuck!" And I, I was like, "I know they gonna fuck with me, man." So I was like, I used to always try to avoid Brandeis. Yeah, Brandeis, yeah, yeah. because it was it was like a a couple like rough blocks over there. Yeah, a little bit around by like on Brandeis. Amsterdam. Yeah, on Amsterdam. Yeah, like, Amsterdam. Yeah. It was a, his stories about. Fucking yeah, yeah. Motherfuckers I, getting jumped. I got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like random. Like yeah, you be showing over like I, it's got misfilled cookies and all that stuff, and it's like movie uh, theaters and these is like because it's like that's Upper West Side. It's like yeah. probably the most prestigious place in America. Damn near one of the you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah. them type of buildings like. Yeah. But there's there's uh there's a couple projects on Amsterdam. I'm about to say that yeah, yeah right. Oh there. no, that's that's definitely. Amsterdam projects, yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I got They're crazy. I got lumped yeah. the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, I got really. No. I got yeah. lumped. I almost real got lumped bad. up there. You did because we won, and my coach was like, "Yo, when we had a championship game, he was like, yo, don't bring no bags.' He said, we go in there with our <laughs> just sneakers and jerseys. <laughs> we go in there with our jerseys on, and we we not even. He said, he said, he said, when we leaving right after the game." I'm gonna come back and get the trophies. <laughs> hey yo, so we our game was over and we just left and went right toward the joint, like over my tile records. We just walked right out and just was like, they was like, yo, they they, they couldn't even react because they didn't even know. They was like, where they going? Where they going? Yeah. They thought we was coming <laughs> back. The <laughs> then we was like, we just we just kept going. That's Answering the like, projects, yeah. Those high school games, they always try to set it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yep. Always try to set it. That was by King. Oh, King was yeah. Yeah, that was by Martin the King. That's a whole. King was bad thing. too. Yeah, King was like they had Brooklyn. They had, they, they had like the Brooklyn guys there, the Sectacons and all that. Oh, they did. Oh yeah. shit! But I King, King was right next to Laguardia, right? Yep, across the street. They, yeah, yeah. Because that was the thing is Laguardia was this like, was this like really. Like our uh, like prestigious art. It was school. like it was um yeah. fame. With the, yeah, it was the fame. show fame. It was mm-hmm. it was based on the well. So you had like all these artistic kids, like nerds. That's where Nicki went. Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Oh, she went to LaGuardia, and then and then you had King, which was like one of the, like the toughest high schools, yeah. and they were like right next to each other. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's a crazy time, man. It's such a small world. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they could have been like besties, that. man. Because I stayed. I always went to like, that, you know, that park because that was like the Goat Park. 
you know. Uh, that's right. That's on my block. Yeah. Yeah. On 97 in Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah. And then my brother and them, they used to drink under your building right there. He used to drink right there with Big Face Gary and... Oh, I, I went to a high school with Gary. Yeah, he used to drink right <laughs> there. They used to drink Bacardi Limon right there uh, with like Bob Beto used to come through sometimes. Really? Yeah, it used to be Gary. Yeah, I think Lord Seal would Lord be Lord Seal was yeah. there. They were snapping on him. <laughs> Cotty. <laughs> Cotty living in my building. Cotty was there. Um, That's a... Curious. Cotty, Curious George. Yeah, Walked like a dog. Curious George was like our representation. Really? For Uptown. Like at one time, yeah, that, was was. Like, <laughs> that was like, that was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like pre Big Al. It was just like, it was like, Gary Yo, and that's, George. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. You're right, though, right? Yeah, because I remember being like, Yo, I seen these guys before. Mm-hmm. Like, I seen the guy with the afro. I seen them. I seen them on, on 91st Street. Like, you know what I mean? Talk about Lord Sear. You know what I'm saying? Like, you started seeing people that you seen in the street. On the, video. on the videos and video music box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. at the show. You know how stuff. proud we were? Like how like proud we were when Uptown shit came out. <laughs> yeah. I could imagine, man. Yeah. 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 We were. That was like the. That was. The, I remember that summer. We were so mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. Flexing on motherfuckers. The Uptown wow. shit. We, we were Uptown. We were like, oh, I was like, yo, Curious George from my building. <laughs> from my building. <laughs> I know his mom, <laughs> and we. I used to call it Rocksteady Park because the Rocksteady yeah, no, they had his Rocksteady the, Park um, anniversary. Yeah, 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 they used to have the Rocksteady sure. jams there. Yeah, so we'd be like Rocksteady Park, mm-hmm. like yo, we gonna be on a map, Curious George. Yeah, and then nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> and you had that banging, um, banging Chinese Spanish restaurant across the street, El Malecón. El Malecón. Yeah, we used Still to go there. there. We used to go there a lot. Yeah, it's the yeah. best roasted chicken with that mm-hmm. lime sauce. Yeah. Well, I got a picture with me, Jay, and everybody. I like uh, that's where we at. At I'm on my page, yeah. Really? On Instagram, yeah. Yeah, yeah I need that picture. Yeah. Just shirt right here. Yo, such yeah. a small world. Yeah. Now you were close. I mean, shit. No, we used to shit. go to that shit all the time. Like that was like, like a spot. Like my brother used to love that joint. Just get that half a chicken. Yeah, the half chicken. <laughs> half chicken <laughs> bag with yellow rice and yeah, black beans. That. Yeah, like yeah. Dinos. That was the shit right there. Yeah. Wow, man. Such a small world. Yeah, I was right there. And I'm, I'm from 119th Street in Lenox. So mm-hmm. I'm like by like Mont Morris Park around that area and stuff. Mm-hmm. Line is like 116, right? Yeah, he's from 116. 116. Yep. Yeah. I remember yeah. Uh, when I was rapping, when I was trying to rap, I was super young. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. He was my DJ. We would like go through routines. Nah, because I, I probably remember him like talking about you. Really? Or going to like work with y'all you know what I'm saying like yeah, yeah. that type of stuff like cause he you know it was like he had like dual lives you know what I'm saying where it's like we'd be playing ball smoking in the hood and then like I went and seen you know next you know he got equipment and then next thing you know he like yo call me upstairs and we go upstairs and then you go to Rock Raider house mm, that's the Rock piece. Raider lived upstairs right. that's crazy yeah at the gold turntables and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So, um, like, I only synced it and stuff. So then next thing you know, I seen him, like, a few years later. I go to his house. He got, like, a room full of equipment because he just won the two back-to-back. Yeah. 
calling them, you know what I mean? The, the Vestax. Yeah, the Vestax joints. Yeah, yep. he, he wore those, and he's like, yeah, they gave me these Pro Tools. I don't even know what to do with these joints. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, <laughs> that's what they giving you now? You know what I'm saying? You know, back then, it was like a jacket and some yep. Beatles. <laughs> it, was a big, it was a big deal. It was a big yeah, deal. Yeah, and he was with it back to back, so he had like four turntables, two this, two that, two, two mixes. <laughs> he couldn't even fit all that shit nah, in his crib. Nope. And you know, it's like it was his mom's crib, right? Yep, yeah. So you had all this equipment, and then you had his mom's furniture, mm-hmm. so you had like all this old school seventies furniture, <laughs> yeah. and like Vestax shit, and we he'd be yeah. smoking in his crib, and we just be watching like all the fucking turntablists. We be watching the yeah, DMC the tape, videos right? over yeah. and over. Yeah, he always yeah. had them joints. Yeah, yo, you sure you never met her? <laughs> it's crazy because when it just I, sounds really close. Uh, when, when I, was, I never met Asian people growing up, <laughs> <laughs> I would have known. Been, you could have been rock, bro. You could have been Rockefeller if you played your cards right. All right. I don't yeah, know about that. But you know what? I do remember. I remember like y'all names. From like flyers and stuff like that. The was lyrics just, to go thing was yeah, it, like it was just li- seeing like crooked and now like I remember the uh, names like when oh like when I started flyers. seeing the show, I was like yeah I remember these names you know what I'm saying but never like in the sense of like being at a party or something like that. But, yeah, I mean we were like so like we were so like on like unsigned we were like really unsigned mm-hmm. and so by the time. I don't know. I, I'm. I want to. I kind of want to put the pieces together because when I met him, he had no turntables, mm-hmm. and he was focusing on ball, but ball wasn't working out for him. Right. And he would come to my crib to practice, and I was just like, "Yo, how are you so nasty, DJing, and you mm-hmm. don't have turntables?" Right. And I'm like, "You need to get turntables, blind." He's like, "You think so?" And I'm like, "Yo, stop fucking around." Was he in high school? No, no, no. This okay. was a little bit later. So then I think. Yeah, yeah, so he had turntables earlier, but I guess they wasn't like... Maybe he sold them or he got rid of them or some shit? Yeah, I think so. Or he might have... It was something he didn't have. It was either... No, he had a full set, Cause for sure. I'm telling you, Blind is like a fucking... He's a low-key genius. Yeah, he is. Like, I've never seen someone as talented as him. He he got beats, too. Yeah, no, for sure. He got some crazy 100%. beats, too. He put me up on a lot of samples, like, nah, this is this. This is yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the Isaac Hayes joints, the, um, you know, the DJ Hollywood joint. Ike's um, yeah, Love. Love, yeah. Yeah, he put me up on a lot of them joints and stuff, and just, you know, like, early, when he was, like, between him and um and my other guys, um, S&S. That's, an that's, like right, my, um, that's like my brother, basically. And he was killing the mixtapes at the time, right? Yeah. I yep. said, you knew all the mixtape DJs from back then, man. <clears throat> yeah. That's how you got the hip hop. I really just knew S. Because it was big, Buck Wild and S. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I do know Buck. I knew Buck, I knew S. I seen Kickapri. Did you know Ron G? I didn't know Ron G. I didn't know Ron G. But I knew like... um. Like the other guys from like the hood, like the action packs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but my favorite was always like I don't know if you remember like Double R, yeah, Double R, yeah, remember Double R, yeah, yeah. like that yeah. was like my favorite. I got all their tapes, but you know, but those type of guys. Oh, but the DJs that I didn't know was like the the um, I would see like um, like D Nice, like I knew D Nice and Mick Boo. Like I knew them, like the Boogie Down production DJs, because they were all, they live really in my block. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? McBoo still live on my block right now. Oh yeah, so it was like yeah, and D Nice was like 118th Street, like a block away and oh, stuff. Shit. Like his grandmoms, because they cousins. Mm-hmm. 
So their grandma lived like a block away. So I see them. I would see like the Jungle Brothers, Sammy B, mm-hmm. Red Alert. Mike G, Van. Yeah, Red Alert. Mm-hmm. I see them. They were from like my neighborhood. So I would see those type of DJs and stuff. I remember seeing Kid Capri DJ like in Mount Morris Park. Mm. At, like, I remember the first time I seen Kid Capri DJ was at Minisync. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. The Minisync Townhouse. Them that parties was, was lit. Yeah, that was like um, 89, 90. Around. Yeah, I remember those parties. I was too young Shit. to get a nose. I remember those. Because they had the same type of parties at Millbank. They used to have the parties there. Yeah, about, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember like one night, Biz and them was, was, was performing there. Big Daddy Kane, not Big Daddy Kane, Dougie Fresh was performing there. But it would be like a like a teen night to raise money mm-hmm. type of thing. But they was getting these type of artists. It was crazy. Like, I did, you know what's so funny? I did, a, um, I never told this story before. I did a fashion show at Minisync. My barber put me into this fashion show. I had like a big flat top. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. You were DJing? No, or you, you I were was walking. walking. You was a runway model? Never was a runway model, yeah. <laughs> and the fashion show, my bar, because I had like a high flat top, and my bar was like, yo, I'm doing this thing. I kick a pre-DJing. It's a fashion show. I need like some models. And I'm like... I'm picturing you in like the, the th- I'm picturing you in the Theo shirt from the Cosby show you know the uh-huh. Theo shirt no, no I had a polka a polka dot shirt <laughs> yes. 1990 he had the yeah, Gordon Gartrell yeah, shirt on yeah yep. you was on your Kwame <laughs> with, some, with my Doc Martens <laughs> yeah the Doc Martens yeah he's Doc definitely Martins. older than us but. <laughs> Man. We were rugby area. You know, we from the rugby <laughs> era. You know what I'm saying? I never wore like those type of shirts with yeah, the air get under them joints. Man. You know what I mean? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I never yeah, I remember that era though, because that was like right above me. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the guys with the taking the, the the box out the radio. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our I think our era was like Vasquez boots, corduroys. Yep. The rugby. Thick corduroys. The boat shoes. Boat shoes, Vasquez. Um, um Woolridge. Woolridge Jabot jeans. You were fucking with Jabot though. I was fucking with Jabot, yeah. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I mean, yo, to this day, yes. I, I always loved the Columbia rain suits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love those. The Holly Hansen. I used to get all my shit from, I don't know if I remember, uh, Tent and Trails. Oh, come on, man. That's like the. That's like the meanest spot. Yeah, yeah. If you got a, you got a coat from Tent and Trails, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was doing it. Yeah. Been, Even they a Paragon. Yep, exactly. Paragon. I was budging to be. I was going to Wings. Wings. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was at Wings also, man. <laughs> wings right there on ninety. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to Wings. No, you like had to go to Wings to get the Edwin jeans and the Pepe. <laughs> yeah, I got the Pepe. Edwin. <laughs> Yo, the Pepe's, bro. Damn. Bro, yeah, now Wings was the shit. Cause that's what my school was. My school was by Wings. Like, and then they had the the comic book store up there. Yeah, upstairs. The Big Apple Comics. Big Apple Comics. Yes, sir. Yo, <laughs> so I might have seen you at Big Apple Comics. And they had the burger spot right I next door. I did see some Asian kids in Big Apple okay, Comics. Okay. Right <laughs> Maybe one of them was good. Oh, oh yeah. shit! And, and they had like the burger spot right next door. Burger spot right next door. Yep, in the pizza shop. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. shit! Then they ended up in the blockbuster across the street. Right. Right. God damn! This yeah. is like cricket <laughs> mm-hmm. is shocked. This is yeah. uh, it's real memory lane shit. Man. It is some crazy, memory man. shit. Yeah, I don't know if motherfuckers gonna enjoy this. We're just talking about. <laughs> We're just talking about the yeah. block. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell them to say a cool story because we had a cool story when we were driving home from Vegas. 
Uh, well, well, tell about this Vegas story. This is weird. Okay, so uh, <laughs> me and hip hop. No, 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 wait, wait. Let me set this up though. He hits me up. He's like, "Yo, I'm I'm in L.A." I'm like, "Cool." He's like, "Yeah, me and hip hop Joe together." And I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I say, "Wait, in your shitty ass car?" He's like, "Yeah." And my shitty uh, pickup like, truck. He's like, "Yo, he told me a bunch of stories." And I was like, "Fuck you, man! You making this up?" Like, I was immediately <laughs> jealous. I he was had, like, "He had Tupac pickup truck from um, Poetic Justice." <laughs> <laughs> It was like one of them trips, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I got dropped the mail off, you know what I'm saying? I was like, all right, man, I'm going that way. You know, and you I was know? like, yo, hip hop is a real one if he's going to sit in that truck and just and just roll and just <laughs> go on the road with him off. Yeah, him, right? He, he was like, he texted me that morning. He was like, hey, where you at? And I was like, Vegas? He goes, when are you going to LA? I said, actually, in the next two hours. He's like, here's the address. Come pick me up. <laughs> Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, this can't be true. So I pull up to the spot. Out comes, <laughs> out comes Hop. And I was like, oh, this is really happening. And then we just, yeah, we drove to fucking, we drove home and shit. But you had to, to truck or to dodge? I had truck. a truck. <laughs> so yeah, we was in the truck. Yeah, we man. Driving. Was the AC working? The AC was working. Okay, nice. <laughs> this was pre the AC breaking. So yeah, so we, we, uh, we drove and then I was just like, all right, you know, I don't know what to ask him or speak about. He's probably tired. And then uh, I was like, yo, did you ever meet Michael Jackson? And he's like, actually, I was I was with Michael Jackson working in the studio for uh, Rock My World remix. Oh, shit. Oh. He said he was the only one in there. So go ahead, tell, tell Neva, because I saved this story for yeah. Neva. It was a Girl, Girls, Girls remix. Oh, okay, Girls, okay, Girls, yeah, Sorry. Because uh-huh. oh. Neva came out. Yeah. Oh. I heard about that. Yeah. The one that trying girls out? Yeah. Michael Jackson was singing that. Really? I know. I knew about yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. So he was singing that. I think they lost the tapes. Maybe I lost them. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm I know they couldn't find them. <laughs> I know they called me like three years ago, asked me about them. I was like, huh? I was like, it's a studio over there. I couldn't remember. I had to like pull up map thing and figure out what studio it was. Oh, shit. But, so um, the part where he's like, I'm trying girls out, that was supposed to be Michael Jackson? Yeah, like, he sung all that. You have the beginning. Holy shit. And this and that. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote it down. I got the paper. I took the paper. He was like, hold on, let's play that again. And he was just writing down what they were saying on a piece of paper and shit. I heard him making all those weird noises, like doing vocal training mm-hmm. and shit, like making like animal noises. <laughs> so like for the first five minutes, he's just in the booth making animal noises and stuff like that. But <clears throat> but what happened is that um, we was on the Blueprint tour. Everybody was leaving. And then it was like, yo, you got to stay because Michael Jackson going to do the you know, you want to do the song. And were so you like, like, come again? Yeah. So they were like, yo, we're going we gonna to get you this. We're going to keep you here. It was the peninsula. So they were like, we're going to keep you in the peninsula. And whenever he ready, just make sure you're there. Wow. I was like, I bet. So they finally set the date, let's say Sunday, 12 o'clock. So I'm there at 12. And they was like, nah, we're going to do it at 4. So I was like, damn. I'm at the studio already. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to go back to the hotel. Next thing you know, my boy Big John like a publisher so he was like yo I wanna come too you know let me know cause he, he he was publishing Jay at the time probably still is so so I was like yeah they pushed it back so it's gonna be like 4 o'clock so he called me like panic like yo nigga where you at it's 4 o'clock nigga Michael Jackson in the studio where you at I was I just smoked the blood fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so I'm like holy shit I'm way in Beverly Hills I gotta get to the valley 
And I'm like panicking because I'm waking up high. I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck where I'm at? You know what I'm saying? So then, you know, luckily they had like a car waiting for me the whole time. So I got there in time, whatever, not in time. I, when I finally got there, you know, he was listening to the record. And I already had set stuff up, so he was just listening to it, figuring it out and stuff, figuring out what he had to do. He was waiting for me to tell him what he had to do. So he, so, so when I get there, he's like, hey, hip-hop, what do I got to do, hip-hop? What do I got to do? I'm just like, I was so nervous. I was like, <laughs> he was like, no, he's like, he's like, what do you want me to do, hip-hop? What do you want me to do? And I'm like... I was like, holy shit, what do I, what do I even tell <laughs> I was like, Spring to Jackson. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Boy, were you, you, you were nervous, right? Or no? High energy. Like, he was high, tired. <laughs> you just nervous. woke up. I was nervous. Was high. I was nervous. <laughs> yeah. I was nervous. Because it was like, I was nervous at first, but he was like real cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, I think he knew that. He knew people. That's why he was kind of like, hey, hip-hop, what are we doing? What are we, you know what I mean? So yeah. at that point, it was like, Wait, can oh. we go back? Like, when you got into the studio, how did he introduce himself to you? He was like, okay, when I got there, <laughs> it was like, it's two kids. Uh-huh. Was, they was kids. Oh, shit, okay. They was running around. Oh, like Paris? Yep. And they had like a maid watching them. Mm-hmm. They like in the lounge, and he's like in the room. And they're like, yeah, he's in the room. So when I go in the room, <clears throat> it's like the engineer's there. And Big John is there, so he's like, you know, he's just like, hip-hop, what do I got to do? What do you want me to do, hip-hop? You know what I mean? So he's saying that, so I started laughing a little bit, and he's like, I was like, um, but he already knew. He heard the song and stuff, so yeah, he yeah. started writing it down and stuff. And um, <clears throat> so then he was like, hey, let's go outside. You know, let's go sit down and stuff. I was like, sit down and stuff. <laughs> and we went outside, you know, into the lounge, and we just started talking. So he's talking to me, like, is he I, talking in the Michael Jackson voice or? No. Nah, it's like. What's up, son? <laughs> it was low, but it wasn't like. It wasn't like it? It wasn't high. Hey, it, wasn't high. it wasn't low. It was low, but it wasn't high. You know what I mean? It wasn't like piercing or nothing like that. Let's go, let's go outside. Come on, hip hop. Yeah, like, no, he told me. Hop told me that um, a few times when he stopped. He's like, run that back, hip hop. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he said, um. <laughs> He kept saying, how does that sound? How does that sound? I was like, that sounds good. To the point where I was like, I, was like, I got to throw some do it agains in there. Just so, just so, just so you don't think I'm just, just saying yeah to everything. And I was like, yeah, you can do that again. And then he was like, okay, okay, no problem. And I was like, <laughs> I was like holy shit. But in, real shit. but in real life, it shit sounded good. It was just like, yo, that's good to go, right? Like every time, every time it was good. It was like, the, besides when he was making the weird noises, but yeah. other than that, as soon as he went in and do it, it was like, because he was like singing over it. So it wasn't like, it was kind of weird to him. Yeah. He was like, you want me to sing over them? And he was like, you want me to get in with them? And you know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, stuff like that. And I was like, nah, we're going to bring it down some, but you could just sing that part. We're going to probably take it out. He's like, oh, okay, you could do that? You know what I'm saying? So it was like that type of thing where, you know, it was it was cool. The only thing that was weird was that he had the, the biggest hands I ever seen. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like ball player hands? Yeah, it was like he like dwarfed my hands, and it was like strong as hell. Kawhi Leonard. No way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wild. <laughs> oh, because that was like everything else seemed like it was small, but the hands was like. Right. Oh, he always but, wore gloves, right? Yeah. So he never really so, saw his hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, that's crazy. I would never think that. That boy said he had Kawhi yeah, Leonard hands. His hands was like big and strong as fuck. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that shit threw you off, right? you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like thinking of the Martin shit when he's just like, you know. <laughs> Holy shit. That's yeah. fucking, you, wait, so when he, when you first heard him like with his vocals, mm-hmm. did you get like shivers or like you're like, oh my god, he sounds yeah, like me and Big John was like, we right. was like tapping each other. We was like, oh <laughs> shit, that's what he's doing it. He's doing the thing. He's doing the thing. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like because he was just like, it was just like that shit was just that shit was just floating out. Of him. You know what I'm saying? That shit was just like so effortless. effortless. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was crazy because I never really did. Too many R and B sessions and really got really? that part of it. Yeah, nah, I stayed away from that. Only did like, only did like one Brandy album, Aphrodisiac. That's an amazing album, by the way. Yeah, thanks. one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah. I did that one. Which what, what was it? A track? I ain't on it. Oh, me and G. Yep. Mm-hmm. To me, that was like when she really found her sound. Cause I feel like she was mm-hmm. young when she did a lot of her other albums. Yeah, Aphrodisiac, she really like was like a little bit more yeah. mature. And that was like full moon, right? That was later. That was oh later. no no, what yeah, was Aphrodisiac? Aphrodisiac, that's when she started really working with Rodney Jerkins, right? Yeah, Timberland mm-hmm. did a lot of it. Okay, actually, yeah. Timberland did a lot of it. That's when I had the Kanye record on there. Uh, yeah, talk about our love. Talk about our love. She had a Ti record on there. Mm-hmm. She had a couple records on there. Kanye did a couple more on there. Mm-hmm. Timberland. That was a great record with Kanye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember I remember playing that shit a lot yeah. when it mm-hmm. dropped. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a great record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, so you did that too as well? Yeah, because that's when I got you to was, Atlantic. I'm about to say that, yeah, yeah. Because when I left uh, Rockefeller, I guess the thing kind of came, like what you're saying about the beats, that became an issue for me as far as just uh, all the artists was. It wasn't even no different kind of beats no more because they all was so much similar. You know, so it became a machine, right? Yeah, it kind of became like, well, I didn't get that. What happened to that? What that was that? You know, so it was like, and then Cam, who I knew forever, and then it's Jay, who I've been working with forever. You know what I mean? So that kind of became a thing. So they're like, why'd you give him that shit? You didn't give it to me kind of shit? Yeah, like, I never heard that. What was that? You know what I mean? Or stuff. Probably like around, like, I really mean it. Yeah. And you was old, dealing old with boy. yeah, it was it was dipset. <laughs> oh it was dipset. What happened? Poppity and like Rockefeller, so they was like all battling for beats at the time. Right, yeah. But Cam would come in and be like, "Yo, what's this?" And he hear a beat and he'd do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He was he like was hungry. Yeah, and he was in the studio and he was there. Exactly. So yeah, if I was Jay and I heard I really mean it, I would have felt some type of way too. Yeah. What about yeah, he was feeling some type of way about that, right? Did something happen with Old Boy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because um, that was supposed to have been like a a record with a couple people on there, uh-huh. but once Cam got it, because I remember he came in and was like, "Yo, you never give me no beats," and I was like, "Y'all got this beat," and he was like, "He did it right there," and um, and then he kind of like took it to the radio oh. that night, oh. and it ended with um, <clears throat> the song wasn't even finished. It. He just like when he said Guru start popping them. He said, "Stop it right there." He said, "I'm taking this to flex," and he took that to flex, just that part. Before Jules got on it, Jewels got on it, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it was before. Because Jewels would hop right. He, I think he continued that <clears throat> yeah, verse. Yeah. yeah, and they did it the, the next day. We ended up finishing, so it was like they played it one night. The next day, we was finishing it. So by the time it came out, but when he did was, that, that's not normal, right? Nah, definitely not. And did you know he did that, 
or yeah, we heard it. No, would you have approved them to to, to, take to the cut record. the record and then bring it to flex like that? No, nah, it definitely because. First of all, we didn't know what type of record it was. We was thinking about doing a compilation album at that time. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like similar to the Beans and Bleak thing. Like we a started rock- doing something else, but it ended up just like records ended up going everywhere. So you were thinking of doing like a Rockefeller compilation kind of thing? Yeah, I was gathering beats for that. Right. And that was one of the beats for that. So when he came, I was like, well, we could do this one. You know what I mean? Because it could have easily just been their record on a compilation too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it had to been other Rockefeller artists on it, you know. It could have just been a Dipset record, but um, once he did it, it kind of just shifted everything to him. It yeah. just shifted that. Like he he was getting some monster tracks at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, he was. He was like Jim is great. Jim always had a good ear to me, like as far as uh, what's going on. Jim, what, Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Yeah. Wait, what, how was he involved? Um, he would have to get credit for A and R on the album with me. Oh, whatever. really? Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of the stuff come from him. So he was finding the beats with you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because even like the um, is he the one? Who, did he bring heat makers to the table? Nah, that was me. That was you. That was that? Yeah, that was like. But by like, what happened is that um, the first beat I think was I'm ready. I think. Was the first beat the Heat Makers did? I got the beat from Top Five, right? And Guru said that I got that beat too. So I was like, same sample. He's like, nah, the same exact beat. And then I was like, for real? He was like, yeah, this kid did it from around went to school with this kid I went to school with gave it to me, Arson, whatever. So he was like, one of the Heat Makers gave it to him. So I'm like, he was like, so he he bought them in. He was like, I'm going to call them to come through. And they were like, yeah, we did some beats with Top 5 or whatever, but these are our beats. And that was it. So they came in. Guru knew them. He makers are from where, Harlem or Uptown? Nope. They from, um, I think they're from Brooklyn, I think. But what it was that they went to Howard with Guru. Mm, One of them went to Howard with him. So... And then they kind of came by. They did that one record, and then they just kind of clicked with Dipset, and Dipset right. just they just went their way with them because they was kind of fighting with the Just and the Kanye stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just with the the J and the Beans and everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So they were like, "We getting our guys." You know what I mean? So they kind of uh, tucked them for themselves. Because like when like just gave him old boy right I really mean it and then everyone started getting slightly territorial with just Blaze and Ye a little bit. Um, Ye loved Cam. Yeah. So he would do he would do anything for Cam at that point, but it was really a scheduling, a setting it up, a when to do it type of thing. Like most of the records just happened, so it wasn't like. We need to go on with Kanye. We're going to set the time for Kanye. We're going to set time for his person. It, w- it would just happen. Mm-hmm. It would just be like like it was a big thing with the Ace to the Izzo record because Cam had it too. Because Ooh. Wow, this, this sounds like a, <laughs> yeah. this sounds like a, a rough yeah, a no, war. They, yeah, like, that's kind of like the men, you know, that's a lot of people would say yeah. that's the beginning of their whole thing. Who heard it first, Ace to the Izzo? I don't know because... 
me and G was both managing Kanye. Right. So we both got the same beats from Kanye. He was working with Cam. I was working with Jay. Mm-hmm. He played it for Cam. I played it for Jay. But I played it for Jay when Jay wasn't working. So that kind of started him working. So that started the blueprint. That started the blueprint. <laughs> that, that it was it was one tape. Yeah. He did he did like all those records, Ace of the Izzo, Never Change, Ain't and, No Love. And this is and this was you kind of like kind of instructing. God, what a t- demo! Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and this is you and kind of instructing Kanye to do these soul samples, right? Yeah, he was already in motion by that point. Okay. So he kind of was just coming by, giving me t- beats as a manager. Mm-hmm. He wasn't giving me beats for Rockefeller like that. Just he was giving around. me beats as a manager because he probably needed money or something like that, more or less. Mm-hmm. He probably was like, that's probably why he made those beats specifically. Like, okay, these, one of the beat was somebody else saw him. So he, as he playing the other ones for Jay, he was like, yeah, what about this one? It never changed. But he just knew it would work for Jay. So... He had to get it from the other guys and work something out and all of that. But so it was really just a beat tape, and Jay did all those records, like five records in three days. Wow. So we Shit. got the tape on like a Friday, and by Monday, you know, Blueprint was like <laughs> six songs in. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wait, so it was, that album wasn't even really planned to come out. It's just, yeah, it was. Like out of nowhere, he yeah. just started doing tracks, and then he was like, all right, fuck it, let's do an album. Yeah, so and he did those, and then. Now go ahead. Which ones you said? I said it was Song Cry. Nope. Uh, which one was it? That's just. It was. Um, I thought H to the Izzo. The joint where he just um, mob deep the Nas. Um, it was Takeover. Takeover, yeah. It was Takeover H to the Izzo because Takeover no was really Beans beat. Okay, I didn't know that. He gave it to Beans, but it was too late, mm-hmm. and we couldn't clear the sample. Beans was it, on it was, Takeover. Yeah, he's supposed to get that. Song. Oh, he's supposed to get yeah, the beat. He, Kanye made that beat for Beans. I told him I needed a one beat for Beans. He was like, yo, I got something. He came and played it for me. And it was like a door sample. And I was like, there's no way mm-hmm. we can clear a door sample with the time we got left. Mm-hmm. You know, I need something without a sample. And we ended up putting another record on there. And then, so I had that record with the other beats that he was giving me, more or less as a manager. You had Ain't yeah. No Love. Ain't No Love, Never Change. And um, H to the Izzo. H to the Izzo. Right. So H to the Izzo was for Ghostface. <laughs> really? And ain't no love that was for DMX. For DMX. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And Never Change was somebody else's record. So those was all like, didn't have Jay on it. Didn't have Jay intentions or nothing like that because he didn't know Jay was working. So he was kind of like, hey, Jay's not working. I need to get some beats out. Mm-hmm. Let's spread these around. Let me try to get some Ghostface. I love Ghost. Let me try to get Cam. So it was trying to really get stuff to other people at that time just as a producer because everything was kind of Rockefeller based and it ended up backfiring. <laughs> it ended up just turning out to be all Rockefeller beats. You know, so, mm-hmm. and um, and then from that point on, just did Girls, Girls and Song Cry after that. And then I'm like, yeah, you know, so I'm giving him a song cry. And he's like, yo, what am I going to do with this? This is too slow. What type, what type of song am I going to write on this? And then it's like, okay, write, come up with the hook and I'll do it. I can't see him coming down my eyes, so I got to make the song cry. I can't see him coming down my eyes, so I got to let the song cry. Then, you, know. you, you came up with that hook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I had the I made it for um for Tupac. I can see that. Okay, yeah, it yeah. sounds like a Pac song. Yeah. Pac I just kind of like, like, like almost like yeah, yeah. Keep your head up, dear mama. Kind of yeah. kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because Jay had never really been vulnerable on a record like that, right? Exactly, like, and that's well, what he, I thought. He, he was vulnerable on one other record. On the um the volume one. Soon you understand? Huh? No, no. The the mama. Oh, oh the, you, yeah. You must no, love no. Me. You must. You love must me. love me. You must love me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah that joint like, where yeah. he was talking about mm-hmm. that, his girl brother. and shooting his brother. That was like I remember that hearing was that shit. Yeah. I was like, yeah. "This that is was, a crazy that was, record." That yeah. was crazy. Yeah. And he was just, and especially he was like, "Yeah, that was that was a deep one." Yeah. Pause. Like that's <laughs> like a record I picked from like like the guy playing the record, like Nasheen played the record, and I was like, "Yo, we need that." He didn't even do it yet. He was just like playing the. I think it's like OJ's or some shit like mm-hmm. that, and I was like, Nashim was this? the shit. Yeah. Shit, Nashim has Nasheem fucking tracks. Shit. He's one of my favorite producers ever. Is that He's your like, favorite J record? No. What's your top five? Um, you know what? He subtly asked that, but we were talking for like half an hour, <laughs> arguing on, on like what's hip hop's top five. We got to ask him, like, and we were like planning our top five. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. It's. Because we were all arguing on which one should be in the top five, and we were all just... Well, you, well the thing is, you brought up Song Cry. I think Song Cry is top five. that's a top five J record. And then yeah, we, we were like... We didn't agree with that. We don't agree with that. We're from New York. We heard some... I was like, all right. But the, the, the problem is, just like, well, like, we were in New York when J was popping and every song was popping. Mm-hmm. So Song Cry was maybe top 20, you know? I would say top no, 10, top 20. That. Mm-hmm. You know, compared to some of the other tracks we would pick, top mm-hmm. five for me for sure. Top five, yeah. I'm more towards those records, I think. Like Allure, life, solemn swear, change my approach, stop shaving coat, stay away from hoes, put down the toast, cause I'll be doing the most. Oh no, it's top five for me, really. Ooh, that's one of my favorite. You know what? That's one of my top good five choice. Records. I used to, that was like one of my favorite songs off the Black Album, Allure. Yeah, I loved Allure. I loved, um, wait, wait, wait. Why did you? I'm, I'm kind of curious about Allure because I felt like Jay didn't even like that record, but he felt obligated to record that record. That was um, for uh, was this based on like that record? It was based on the um, documentary, <laughs> no, right? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> you know what? Tell, tell them why you hate this record. Yeah, I don't. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, right? Mm-hmm. So I I watched the you know the Fade black the album mm-hmm. Fade the Black. I watched that a lot, right. and I analyzed it. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm a big Pharrell Neptune fan. <laughs> I love Pharrell. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But when I saw him and he was selling, you know, he was selling that song right. in the documentary. It's yeah. like you know, remember in Carlito's way mm-hmm. when he's about to he's about to get away. This is that this is that song, and he kept selling it. And Jay was like, "Yo, just put it on, just put it on." And then he put it on, and Jay's face was like, "It's cool." And he's like, "I because I love you, Pharrell, and I see that you want to get this record on the mm-hmm. album. I'm I'm a, I'm a record on this album. That's the energy I felt right on it. And mm-hmm. it kind of when I hear the record, I'm like. It's it, to me. It sounds like a Pharrell track that he he rushed just to get on the Black album, and I and mm-hmm. I and you know that was the energy I got. But he was it, already on the Black album with what song? It did um, excuse me, Miss. Oh, or change yeah. clothes. I was about to say that was change clothes. He did change clothes. Oh, change mm-hmm. clothes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. So the reason why he was so 
adamant and aggressive and trying to be convincing was because Jay was only giving every producer one song. Mm. So he was trying to convince to him like, yo, this just fits conceptually with the album. So it needs to be the exception. This is the closing. Yeah, like this is the closing. Yeah, yeah. You're about to retire. This is the this is that. Yeah. So he was trying to like sell him on the um scene and that's what he's great at. Like he's great at um the fixing like the picture the whole you know what the song like is like a visionary the visionary yeah, yeah. exactly cause he was there when we was doing Big Pimpin oh, Pharrell yeah. yeah Pharrell was in the studio for, oh because of Timberland because of Timberland and you know him and Jay had mutual friends and stuff so Jay was, so they were they were they would hit me and be like yo could Pharrell come through and stuff like you know and he'll come through more or less to like do hooks to do anything because mm-hmm. they just knew he was talented so that was more of that but by the time he got to to a law they already had a rapport so he was basically saying like nah one song one song and Jay wasn't there when he came and played it so he already did his song and he was like and then he did that one after like mm-hmm. the next day and he was like nah I got another one but, but quicker, I know what you're saying though, because in that documentary, it was like he was hyping that song up. And yeah, play the song. It's like here's gurus here, but then, here. But, then, yeah. <laughs> but then the next scene goes to Timberland playing fucking dirt off your shoulder, and Jay is like, "Yo, this is it right here." Nah. Well, you know when right you, you know when you know when the thing is like when, when other, Jay was with Timberland and when Jay was with Kanye. Mm-hmm. Jay made the the the, the ugly face. Yeah. Just like, like this is it. Right the funky mm-hmm. warm sample. One. And he was just like just making those faces. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then when when Pharrell was trying to sell him a lure, he was like, he was just oh, like, he was just like, uh, he was just like, you know, like I, he was probably maybe riding it in his no, head. But that's the whole thing. It's like that's that's when you know it's a go when he's writing it in yeah, his head because he go right to into the song. You know what I'm saying? The other yeah. time it's like, oh, I like this. He's like. You know, but if if he don't know what to do to it, <laughs> okay, he would just move. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the other ones that he was excited about but didn't do, right? You know what I'm saying? Like the the NWA joint, yeah, the, the, funky, the, worm. the yeah, yeah, the funky worm uh-huh. thing, funky yeah, exactly. Like those joints is like obviously good beats, but it wasn't like oh, I, he already made a dope man song. He already did certain things mm-hmm. that he couldn't really double back on. But when you know when you put a hook there. Or you really give him kind of like a template. That's to me the best, Jay, to me. Like when the beat might say something, Allah, Hanak, Life, Allah. You know what I mean? Songs that other people might have had that had a structure mm-hmm. already. Because he's not like a big hook person. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that was never like his main thing. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like, so anytime those is dead, that's why Pharrell Records was good with him because he. Usually come with it a, was like packaged. Yep. Yeah. So and and what it's gonna do and the type of flow you know you can use this type of rhyme you know what I mean so it was yeah. like that type of stuff so those producers was good that's why I think the first one to me the first real big J record to me was Money Anything. Jermaine Dupree was a Jermaine mm-hmm. Dupree yeah. record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean because it just really had that the hook the yeah. you know what I mean it was kind of like and it was something Jay said. But it was like him taking it, making it a hug, beat we knew already, you know, good feature, back and forth, good, good video. So is that your second pick? Nope. No. <laughs> so you have a lure. So you got a lure. 
It's all random records though. It's yeah, not yeah. gonna be no just get, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but explain why Allure because it was packaged because it, it sounded okay. complete. I love the storytelling on Allure. I love like you know I think it's personal, like the people he's talking about mm. on it. You know what I'm saying? I, I I know them. You know what I mean? Like and the beat. I love the beat. You know I just love the emotion of it. Like just the. Uh, kind of like what Pharrell was talking about. Like, I think that Jay kind of nailed that mm-hmm. aspect of it to where it was that, like, you know, it's just the life, like the law of the game. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what I mean? The law of breaking the law. It's almost too much for me. You know what I mean? So it's like the way he explained it, I like I like when he talks about his life in that way. I like the song Regrets, the last song on Reasonable Doubt, Politics as Usual. Mm-hmm. You know, records where he, like, you know, is so full, but he's also kind of like explaining his his past. You know, the things that mm-hmm. he's been through. Even like stuff, the records I didn't work on, I like a lot of those. Um, so did you appreciate a lot of the American Gangster songs? That's what I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's mm-hmm. his top albums. Yeah, so it was a couple really? records on there. Yeah. American Gangster is really slept on by a long shot. I, th- I think it was so introspective the way he approached it lyrically. I like I just, the for record for real record on that too. Blue, Blue Magic? Magic? Nah, I know. That's I my know. that's my favorite part. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know what you like. Oh I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that one. With uh, yeah. Lenny Kravitz's daughter in the video, in the music video. Yeah, right? yeah, I like yeah. yeah. I know he slept yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that one. That was a great record. Mm-hmm. So wait, top five. Allure? Yeah, Allure. Politics. Yes, sir. Politics, Politics as usual. As usual. Regrets. 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 Probably gotta be like only a customer, you know that record. Only a customer. I like that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Over the Drake James joint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. And let me see, because it's like I don't really listen to it as much. What about one that you were in the studio and you're like, fuck. Well, he's got he, one more. He's got to. He's he got to really, really pick that, shit. that last one. One more. One more. <laughs> He's got to really pick that last Why are you one? thinking that one? Look, mine was, on my top five, I have You Don't Know, PSA, Song Cry, um, Just Want to Love You. I got to probably go with Girls, Girls, Girls. Really? Top five. Original or remix? The original. Yeah. That's a good one. That was a good five. So I, think I definitely love the um, cause you got PSA like, is up there for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That definitely that was yeah. one that was like Crazy. special at the time when it happened. Like, oh, what the hell? Just that one and the other one you said too. You don't know. You don't know was disgusting. You don't know just changed a, a bunch of shit when that yeah. dropped. The way he's talking about, I could sell water too. Uh, that was like the yeah. nail in the coffin. Like, this this is the king of New York. So, like, what you think you was better, the, that one or the remits with MOP? Uh, the oh, original, original yeah. by a long shot. Same. The original. original. I mean, if the MOP, I mean, was good, we would have been playing the, I the remix. The intro to that one. I think it had a better <laughs> intro. Oh, the yeah. MOP one had like a a longer intro to it. Yeah, but that dun dun dun. That's that. That should just. Oh, that's oh, yeah. but, what I was gonna say what, when you heard the new DJ Khaled Jay Z verse. Did you really think it was top five of his verses? No, God did. God did. <laughs> No, nah, I didn't think so. <laughs> it was good though, but it wasn't. I think it's just like the context of when it came. I think 
you know, laid out next to everything that's out right now. Right. But I don't think if you've laid those joints, laid it out with all of his, his body other past, yeah. body stuff like that. Yeah. Of course, yeah, man. You know what I mean? But no, nah, it's up there, though. I'm not going to say, you know what I mean? Because he, you know, the length, you know, of it pause and then just the whole, um, you know, he's, you know, he's constantly touching on those things that, you know, he's, he's doing the current, you know, the current Jay stuff where he's like addressing everything anybody just said about right. him. He's like getting all the, you know, he, he know what people want, basically. There's so many elements to that God did verse that I think are yeah. important. Mm -hmm. I think is that Jay never really talks about any issues that he has mm -hmm. unless he, he, and he puts it in his raps. Yeah, you know, so no, he do. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, so it's like an air out yeah, moment. So basically. he's telling you like what he's feeling and what he's what he's annoyed with and what's troubling him, mm -hmm. and, and you know, and what's the what's his problems. Mm -hmm. So it's great because you're like, oh shit, this is a Jay we never hear from because he's usually pretty right. Mm -hmm. He's pretty like to himself and yeah, corporate and private. But he usually do that. I feel like on those type of songs, he does, like yeah. you know, when he got something like like if somebody call him at the right time they could get verses because he might just have stuff on mm -hmm. his chest that he want to talk about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he know he probably won't make a record for a minute and it's probably going to be irrelevant right? by the time he get to that record. So it's like, okay, what you got? Let me. It's, it's almost like a Dave Chappelle special mm -hmm. because it's like, mm -hmm. when you look forward to Dave Chappelle, it's going to be funny, but right. you know he's going to talk about for some sure. important some shit, shit. Mm -hmm. that no one ever really wants to touch on. No, for sure. And then, because yep. Jay touched on a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. But what I think was great about that is that even like, it was like old Jay, mm -hmm. but new Jay. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like the perfect combination of that old braggadocious Jay, mm -hmm. but it's like a new evolved yeah. Jay. And the most impressive thing about that verse is that with decades in the game, he's still able to deliver something mm -hmm. like that. And I think that's... Yeah, the biggest stamp, like yeah. But I think that my theory behind the verse is that usually when the album starts, he usually do something called free play, and he usually just like go rap for a real long time, like in the booth, and it's like, and then he erases it, and um, sometimes it'd be like stuff from the album. Like one time he spit like a whole album worth of rhymes in one sitting, like. And he just like wasn't Blueprint. Might have been around Blueprint too, around that time, because that had a lot of features. So it was like different verses, different stuff, and he was just saying them all together. You know what I mean? Like stringing them together to remember them, because he don't write them. So sometimes he would have to like say them to hear himself say them to get the cadences and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like. If he's not working like that, he's going to have a bunch of stuff because it's just like piles up. Mm, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like the rhymes is going to pile up. So it's kind of like, hey, let me just dump all of this out right quick. So it's, almost, it's almost like he was apple picking mm -hmm. for like a couple months. And then, he went in, <laughs> and then he went in the studio and just unloaded the backpack. Yeah. And then he kind of sorted through everything mm -hmm. at one run and then figured out like, oh, okay, this is how I should organize these lyrics. Or yeah. these these uh, these verses together. I don't I don't think he did it. I don't think he took it that deep. I think he just did it mm. because he used to just do it like that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's all going to be relative to what he's talking about. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and it's usually one or two takes. Yeah. Like, you know. How'd you feel about the 444 album? Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Thanks. I didn't listen to it. Like, um, like I said, I, I heard a little bit of it when he was making it, but not like, you know, not enough. Just like a few songs here and there when I go by the sessions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was just always funny to me because when I met Kanye, it was because No ID told me that he didn't have beats for Jay-Z. You should meet this other kid. <laughs> and this was in 96. Mm-hmm. You know, at a, we was in a panel together for um, Rap Coalition, Wendy Day. She did a panel in Chicago. And I just turned into the A&R like a few days ago. And she was like, hey, I need an A&R. And she called Dame and he sent me to Chicago. So I'm already a Common fan. And I'm like, Dad, let me get with this. No, I, no idea. So you loved Resurrection? Yes. Yes. Because yes. that was a masterpiece. Masterpiece, for, for sure. For production, scratches. Man, yep. Fucking. And no idea was insane on that. Mm-hmm. It was cutting up just watermelon. All the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> they would just be cutting up like just the most randomest stuff. You know what I mean? Like just the... Um, the yeah, here's a little story the, that must be told. I was thinking that, that in my head. I swear <laughs> to God, I what I was just about to say. Yo, it's, yeah, a, that, it's a little story that, that must be told. Yeah, from beginning to end. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, yeah, like those rhymes and what he was doing made me want to go to Chicago. Like Outcast made me want to go to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It was like, dang, I want to get those wings. They talking about, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like just like the the way he painted that picture of it. It just felt like, dang, this place is like. Always sixty five degrees and yeah. you know what I'm saying it kind of gloomy but it's like good pizza and food and he's yeah. drinking beer and just kicking house, it house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying it was like like you heard that like you could damn near smell this shit so it was like um so I was excited and I remember when he was like yo I got this kid that I'm working with that I think have more beats for Jack and then I'm gonna have him come by tomorrow. So the next day he came by, the, you know, to the wherever they was building, had the conference at, and you know I met him, and you know it wasn't really nothing big. It was just like, hey, you know, I got some beats. I'm gonna send them to you, you know, when I get back, you know, or I'm gonna put some tape together and send it to you when you get back. And he was working with Derek Angeletti probably at the mm. time. Oh, really? I'd love to ask you, did he? Did, was this before he did the um, tracks for Mace Harlem World? Yeah, this before. I remember when he did those. Oh, shit. Like, I remember when he was doing everything at that point because we were still talking. We were still, he was still sending me stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to get on Jay, trying to get on Beans. He ended up getting on Beans to the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that eventually, and that's the first record I did on my own. Like, okay, cool. I could pick all the beats and stuff like that. I had a good relationship with Rock Waller because of the Do It Again record and stuff. So mm-hmm. I went to him early. He did a few on that record. Yay, just did the Who The Fuck Want What record. They both had one on there, just had one, Kanye had one. So that was kind of like the beginning mm-hmm. of it. So I had to prove it with him because Jay wasn't, you know, I didn't want that conflict. So it was like Kanye was already good. Like Jay heard a beat that Kanye did for Mad Rapper mm-hmm. with Raekwon, the ghetto, I think it was called. 
and Jay just kept listening to it. And we was driving, and I was like, Yo, you know, that's my producer. He was like, for real? He got more beats like this? I was like, yeah, that's his, that's, that's what he do. You know what I mean? He was like, oh, give me some of those. And, you know, I gave him a couple, and it, it didn't work, and then hit. He wasn't, nothing wasn't hitting him. Was it was the Scarface one, the first one? Yeah. Guess who's back? No. No. Can't be life. This can't be life. This can't be love. This can't be right. It's gotta be more. This can't be us. Oh, I've thought about that. Yeah, this can't be life. That's on the, that's life. on the, uh, that's a compilation album, one. right? Yeah. yeah. With him and Beans and No, it was on the Dynasty. Dynasty. I'm sorry, yeah. 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 Which was the one with the Dr. Drape drums. Yeah, yeah, because that's what it was. It was kind of like he just, we had a conversation about different producers, and he made a beat out of the conversation. Like, we spoke about Dre and Explosive and them drums. We spoke about Puffy using that sample. Like, I seen Puffy, I heard a record that Puffy played that had the Harold Melvin and Blue, Melvin and and the Blue, Blue Note sample. Mm-hmm. It was a missing you version, cause I um I was there when he did missing you. Damn. Like I seen Puffy make missing you. You know I was with Source Money and he was writing. And it. he wrote that. Yeah. So I was with him Shout every every Money. day in the yeah. studio when he wrote all the songs for Puffy. He asked me to come to the studio with him. Like I would. It was only him and Jay. So you know I had a lot of time on my hands. So he's like, "Yo, come to the studio with me." And we didn't know what he was gonna write. You know, so Puffy comes in, he plays the Missing You record. I'm like, damn, you know, it's done, you know. And then he play another record. Then he's like, damn. Then he's like, yeah, I don't want to use these. I want to use this. Doom, doom, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> he, yeah. he plays the Sting record. <laughs> so me and so it's like, oh, he's going for it. <laughs> like He's really going for it, you know what I'm saying? Because we already thought the other one was good, you know what I'm saying? So I, I explained that to Kanye, <laughs> that he passed on this one and went for that one. So Kanye goes, find that sample, and put it with the Dre drums. Oh, shit. Okay. Which the explosive, explosive drums, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he played it for me. He was like, what about this? I was like, Jay is going to take that. Send that to me. He had to send it in the mail. You know what I mean? So it took a couple of days, played it for Jay. No, actually, I remember sending him money or, like, our FedEx thing so he could next day it. Because I remember, like, yo, send that next day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, mm-hmm. really sending him, like, a slip or, you know, something. It was something like that I had to send him so he could next day it. And soon as Jay took it, like, just like I thought. Because it was just, like, you know, it was definitely didn't sound nothing like the Puffy record. I couldn't even remember how the Puffy record sound because I wasn't even telling him to use it. I was just telling him like the sample yeah like that's you know more about Puffy process mm-hmm. of you know what I mean and we was going through RZA and everybody and stuff so it's kind of like when I look at him it's more like RZA and Dre to me it's like he want you know he's not trying to be as dirty as RZA and not as clean as Dre so it's like, like right in between yeah so it's right in between where it's going to have some structure. It's going to be a good song, but it might be a dirty beat. I never thought of that, you but know, you're might right. Be, might be yeah. some trashy drums. It right. might be some, you know what I mean? Something that's going to keep it in, you know, 
at, at that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, e- it's either like a dirty ass sample with clean ass drums and production that yep. binds it together, mm-hmm. or it's the opposite where the sample is super clean and then the drums are super dirty. Yeah, like Gold Digger. Mm-hmm. It's something like yeah. that. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It's to me the best example of that where it's like, you know, the drums is its own thing. It's not like I said earlier, it's not trying to mesh. It's like, they just gonna coexist. It's <laughs> yeah, it's like this drums is hard and this sample is crazy. <laughs> but, you know, it ain't like technically. Like you said, they could both live on their own if they needed to, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how he, that was his thing for a little bit, <laughs> for, a little, for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> you still, like, every time Kanye drops an album or mm-hmm. he does a release, mm-hmm. You know, I've noticed that you're always in the city. Like, are you, does he still trust you to like review and listen to shit or to check out what he's doing sometimes or? Not really. He liked to have people there sometimes, you know what I mean? So with Jay, like when we did Black Album, I was with him every day. You know what I mean? Whether he was going to, that's why I was in, you know what I mean? Watch the, you know, in the Fade to Black. It was like whether we was flying to Rick House mm-hmm. or Miami to Timberland. We flew to Virginia a couple times to go work with Pharrell, even before those records. Like one time, I flew on a private jet to Virginia with Sadat X. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to do a song with Pharrell for Jay Z. He said he wanted Sadat X on the hook. And well, you know that Sadat X was on our podcast, right? He was one of our first guests. And he told yeah. the story. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And yeah. he said, I don't know. She's like, the man, they had like lobster and steak on a private plane. And yep. I, he's like, he's out <laughs> and, living it up. Yeah, me and him was smoking. We smoked like the train because we, we lived on the same block. Like he lived in Harlem. Mm-hmm. He lived on 120th. <laughs> I, I lived on 119th. I got a good story about Stat X. So he, uptown. what you call it? So I remember <laughs> being like, um, Jay being like, yeah, I'm going to get Sadat to come to VA with us and I want to get him on these hooks. I think his voice would be dope on a Pharrell beat, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, you live right around the block from me and stuff. So they they sent the car for both of us. Like, this is the car for me. Then I went and picked him up. Then we went to the jet. So we thinking, so I was like, nah, we going to Jersey. He's like, we flying to Newark? I was like, nah, it's like Teterboro. It's like a the private shit. Like, we get on the jet. You know what I'm saying? So it was like that type of thing. <laughs> and I remember us getting there, and they was like, oh, yeah, y'all can ride in that van. And we was like, all right, bet. And I was like, yeah, we can smoke. He was like, for real? So he was like, damn, I would have bought more weed. <laughs> so, so he was all back, you know, we thinking we get on a real plane and stuff. So we, like, <laughs> so we got the, he did, the, he did a record, he did a hook, you know what I mean? I don't know, we never used it or nothing, but um, probably stayed in Virginia at that point. But um, yeah, so that was like, so I would be with him more often and G would be with Kanye because he would do more like, you know, the admin shit, making shit happen, just whatever is needed in that regard. So that's why we kind of like got into that point where I'm working with more newer stuff. I just, I had to keep doing it. I couldn't. Is that like, why we didn't really see you in the documentary? Because I was curious about that. Which one? The, uh, the uh, Genius. One, yeah, Genius with Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. G was yeah, more yeah. with him at that time, like day-to-day kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, like when I was in the office that day, it had to have been like a deadline or something like that. Like it was something really a lot going on. That's why I think it was so nobody was paying attention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it was like 
You're talking about when Ye was like going into everyone's office and, yes. and playing uh, fall, all falls down. Yeah, exactly. For them. Mm -hmm. And then they just acted like they didn't care. Yeah. But motherfuckers was busy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But was Ye kind of like, not, I wouldn't say tone deaf, but was he just unaware of like shit that was going on? And, and he would just kind of like, he would do that where he would just like play the record and then, because mm -hmm. the, the narrative was that it looked like he was playing the record and everyone was ignoring him. Yeah. That one's how the greatness or Or they just didn't hear the record and say, like, that's not good. Like, we're just going to keep working. But then there was the yeah. flip side of people saying that who was Kanye to come in while these people are working to just go <laughs> and play their records. Right. So I was, I was kind of wondering what was the actual narrative? Like, was he kind of overstepping boundaries and just kind of... He, he was playing records with people that it really didn't even matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It was just more like, I'm going to go to the office and just, you know what I mean, just play the records with people where everybody that probably mattered was mainly at the studio in the regards. You know what I'm saying? So it's like Dame and everybody, we already signed them, so everybody was already on board. But with him, it was more about like the urgency of it. Like when is people going to look at me like I look at myself? Mm -hmm. So it took time for that to happen, and a lot of it was just more because of just the artist. Like if we, you know, like I said, if albums took two out two months to come out, and we got a deadline for let's say Beans, who's coming out in October, and we got to turn some stuff in because we was always in that mode at that time because of how many artists we had by the time he was coming out. So he definitely was low on the totem pole because it was kind of looked at more as a production deal with me that he signed to that they thought would probably be a compilation album. Kind of like in more that than it was an artist album. But by the time he was there playing them songs, we already moved past that. We already got to the point where he was looked at more as an artist mm -hmm. and he was coming to the office more. But then there be people in the office who kind of like more got blinders based on what they're working on at the right. time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can't think three projects ahead. You know what I'm saying? And that's where he probably was at the time. Like, because, you know, because it was like 01, he didn't come out to like 03. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> he, he came out like 04. Right? Yeah, 04. It was a yeah, January 04. 04. Yeah, 04. Yeah, so, you know, so it took time for that to happen mm -hmm. in that regard. So, the stuff he was kind of looking for, it just didn't happen that way. You know what I'm saying? It just had to come into play unless you went to flex like like camera. Like you had to go outside and create something for people inside to really pay attention or just wait your turn. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way you could really skip, mm -hmm. you know, skip the line if you like, if he would have just took all fours down to flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then everybody at the label the next day would have been had a press conference, had a fucking, you know, a conference. You know what I mean? We've been in the conference room trying to figure out how to, you know, get behind the ball. You know what I mean? How to catch up on it. Yeah. So it was more, you know, just him going around to people. And that's just how people was. It wasn't really excited by much at the time it wasn't like it was it was just busy yeah it was, like, yeah, it was, it was another record to them at that point basically mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying when, when you when you say your management company right the, the hip hop since 1978 yep 
you were managing Just Blaze Kanye, mm-hmm. which obviously we, we're seeing the production side of how you were managing them. Right. How how were you guys involved with like the artist side for like GZTI, Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj, Drake, and like Griselda now, right? Yeah, I do Griselda separately with with another partner, okay. my partner Chase Infinite. Um, so yeah, it started as a production company because at first I was like, okay, I don't want a conflict, but then it's like, okay, we need a team, we need some producers. Yeah, I tried to do it with Dane, with um, with Buckwild and Digger and Alchemist around that time. But Dame didn't really want to take money from them. And that was weird to them. They're like, what you mean he didn't want to take no money? You don't want to manage? He was like, nah, I just want your beats first. I just want all the beats first. So he just wanted the first right refusal type of thing. So they was wanted other beats other places. They was thinking like, hey, I want to be a producer, producer. So that kind of, you know, I wasn't big enough to do it on my own at that time. Like I needed him to do it. So when G came, he was like, yo, we should manage producers. I was like, I kind of tried that, but, you know, it didn't work out with Dame. He was like, no, don't worry, I'm going to do it. And you just set up the meetings, and I, and I would be with the producers. I would deal with the producers outside of The Rock, and you deal with them here. Because me dealing with them there was a natural thing. It was just me being an A&R. But me dealing with them outside of that, become a conflict like why you ain't take that beat or why did you sell that beat why did you Mm -hmm. you know all of those type of things so so by the time we did Justin Ye the artist thing happened because Ye turned into be an artist Mm -hmm. so that put us on a different radar so Wayne thing happened by that's a weird story it happened um, you know Larry Johnson the football player Yep, Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Remember, he like won the. He was like the. Penn he, State. He, was he? Was he? He, he was, like was signed the, to Rockefeller under yeah, management, right? He was signed to Rockefeller management. But what happened is that he reached out to me in his rookie year and asked me to help him manage Little Wayne. Wow. Larry Johnson, he was managing Little Wayne. Wow. Are you serious? The football player? Yes, football player. <laughs> he called me and he said. He, he, this he, before Cortez? Yeah, Cortez was like his his role manager, his one of his best friends, kind of like his DJ at the time. Mm. So Larry Johnson hit me first and was like, "Yo, I need your help," you know. And then he hit me again and was like, "Yo, I, I can't do it." You know what I mean? I'm just gonna chill out. I got to focus on football. Wow, <laughs> he took off. When he hit me, it was his rookie year. Yeah, when he was managing Wayne. Cause he was like, yo, this Larry Johnson, not the football basketball player. I like, I know who you is, nigga. You do yeah. all time leading Russian college football history. Yeah, at the time he had the record. Yes. So I was like, you like the all time leading record? He's like, oh, you know, oh, I know you watch football. Da, da, da. So I'm like, yeah. He was like, yeah, I need your help with Little Wayne. I was like, Little Wayne from New Orleans, some cash money. What, what you doing with him? So one thing lead to another. It was another girl representing him, and Melissa. So she was working with Larry Johnson. So when Larry Johnson left, she was by herself doing it. And then she reached back out to me to help him. And then, you know, I would help her. But then um, he was kind of leaving cash money, meeting with Jay, meeting with people. And during that time, Atlantic wanted to sign him. And I was working there. And they basically reached out to the girl and said, hey, 
you know, we want to do the deal with Wayne. And she basically told him, like, yo, you got to speak to hip hop. And I was working there. And I wasn't allowed to manage anybody as well. You were like the like senior VP of uh, A&R for Urban Music, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Atlantic. Yep. Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and G. Cole, whatever. Mike Heron hired us. Shout out to him. So we ended up, you know, going near because, like I said, the whole conflict with, not the conflict with rock, but just the, just reached the limit creatively. I feel like all the artists was in the same lane. So I went to Atlantic. It was like Trick Daddy, Twister, Little Kim. Mm-hmm. I felt I could grow a little more beat selection, work with other people. You know what I mean? Do R&B, get a bigger check, obviously. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, one of the main things, too. Because they, they, want, they wanted to hire G, and they wanted to give us a deal, a label deal. So they took a meeting, mm-hmm. and they was about to give him more money than me. <laughs> so I'm like, shit, I'm, 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 why, why, why you ain't asked me to go? You know what I'm saying? They was like, oh, no, nah, we thought you was like Rockefeller, Rockefeller, Rockefeller. You can't never leave, you know? So they just thought that. And I was like, not necessarily, you know what I mean? If you, wow. So they was like, okay, cool. We, we'll give you the same deal. And y'all can come over together if y'all want to. We would love to have that. So I kind of basically threw my hat, name in the hat, like, fuck it, you know? Cause it was like literally quadrupling the quadrupling the salary. Wow! Gosh. Yeah, like I never made six figures at Rockefeller. I only when I left, I was making like sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, really? Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, Jay's gonna get a piece of my fucking. <laughs> yep, I was making like sixty. I think I just got a raise to sixty. Oh shit! After wow, this is after Black Album and the Blueprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I started out. Wait, did show. you get royalties on those albums though? No, only what I wrote. So, so it was easy. You know, what I mean, it was an easy yeah. call for me. Where it was like they coming in, they was like, I think I wanted like two fifty. Wow. <laughs> they was like, yo, you want to get two fifty or something like that, and and uh, advance for the label, and a this and a that, and a corporate card, and a. You ain't got to come to the office. G going to be at the office and da-da-da. And it's a weird situation because that's when you're working seven days a week, like you said. Exactly, yep. Taking naps in the studio, <laughs> keeping yep. the machine going for five, four or five years. Yeah, and they was kind of always, and also they was going in different directions. Yeah, that's when they were separate. They were separating. Mm-hmm. They was kind of breaking up. Right. So it's like I told Dane, he was like, go get your money. I told Jay, he was like, wait a little bit. I told my brother, he was kind of mad, you know what I mean? That you were leaving? Yeah, not like, you know, he wasn't like upset, upset. He was was hurt, right? Yeah, he was like, sure, for real? You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, I got offered this much, this, that. You know, eventually, I was still living with him at the time for a little bit. So it wasn't like. It didn't create no friction or nothing like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like one was cool with it. One was like indifferent. And the other one was like, hold on. So I'm like, I don't want to be in the middle of this. I'm out of here. You know what I mean? So, and then Def Jam came to me like, yo, you should, Jay's going to do his own thing. You should come over here. That's why Jay was telling you to hold on? Yeah. Because they, they came to me later. Right. And was like, hey, he's going to do his own thing and stuff. And I was like, 
oh, I definitely don't want to do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, going to become president, right? <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know what I mean? So... So I left, which was funny wow, that's, because that's such a that's such a it's kind of slippery slope. It's yeah. a lot of drama. Yeah, you know. And it was funny because you know it was like Lior and Julie and everybody trying to you know telling me to to stay, and I'm like, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Atlantic. Cause, you know it's a fresh start over there. Craig, yeah. you know Craig Coleman is cool. I like you know like him and stuff. And um, and when I was starting, we just signed like Ti. It was like mm-hmm. the same same day. Like they're like, you know Ti. I was like, yeah, I know Ti. Because um, him and Beans' first record was together. You know, KP was his A and R. That was my friend. He said he signed a new artist from Bankhead. I signed a new artist from South Philly, and they did a song Two Glock Nines on um, the Shaft soundtrack. No, um, the new Shaft when they came out with the <laughs> Samuel Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, 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 it was on that. So, was um, Trap Music the wait. first album on Atlantic for him? Um, this is like 04, right? Around there? He had that Neptune's production. Which I think that one. That was the like, first one. That was kind of flopped, yeah. right? But I don't yeah. know if that was on Atlantic. I, mean, I think no, that wasn't on Atlantic. That wasn't Atlantic. Yeah. The first one we did was. With 24s? Tra- yeah, yes, and yes, like, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah. David Banner produced. Um, yeah, Rubber Band Man. Rubber Band Man, yep. yeah. Yeah, that yeah. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wait. Were you album. part of the the people that told him he has to change his name to Tip? I mean, from Tip. To I think that was yeah. the first album. Nah, he was on the same label as Tip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was on the same label. Oh, okay. It was all on yes. Aristotle. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Aristotle because because yeah. KP was on the face, and he got a deal through KP was the A and R for the face. You know, he DJ now KP the great the stuff. You know what I mean? So he, um, you know, he was like. Outcast worked with them and Goody Mob and everything. So he got his own label, Ghetto Vision, and he signed Young Bloods. Yeah. Mm. And then the next artist was Ti, and he had the soundtrack for Shaft. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what he was doing at the time and stuff. So he um, yeah. So I knew him from KP already. Like I already snuck Ti into the Jay Z. Jermaine Dupri weekend in Atlanta, Can I Live weekend. They had like 96, like when, when anything came out. Like T.I. was, you know, KP was with them. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm going to ride with y'all because I know they ain't going to leave me out here and I'm going to make sure we all get in. So it was like nobody knew what T.I. was. It was just like tip. I knew him. We did a song. You know what I mean? We kicked it a couple times. So when he was coming to Atlantic, he was like, man, y'all coming over here? All right, man, man we going to do this shit, man. You know what I mean? Because it was like, you know, I already we was already cool at that point. So it was like tip. The next time it was Lupe. I knew him already from you know from Jay. He was probably gonna sign with us at a time almost. You know what I mean? I, I thought. Really? Nashville? Did you have a? Yeah, he's he, yeah he's to come to baseline. Oh, Were you interested yeah. with him and Kanye like getting together, or did he already know Kanye from Chicago? Yeah, that was just like um yeah that was a Chicago thing, okay. but he was. Around us way before that though, yeah. Not even Jay. Like he was with Jay and stuff. Like Jay knew him. Jay liked him a lot mm-hmm. and stuff. So he used to come to baseline and stuff and play music. And when Jay gave away clothes, he would be there with us. Cause Jay gave away clothes every season, and everybody go to his house mm-hmm. <laughs> and just be a bunch of Air Force Ones, War Ones. 
I think you were saying like a bunch of Rockefeller gear. Nah, it's just like he just be this J clothes, just J clothes, like yeah. throwbacks. Or yeah, right. just stuff that you got to make room in his closet. A bunch of button ups. For Probably the, before for the, the buttons up. Oh, before and, the buttons yeah, up. There was a time of button up era. The North Carolina yeah. jersey. Wait, so they, yep. every every so often, Jay would just clean out his closet every and get rid of the clothes. Mm-hmm. And then everyone would just come through and pick what they wanted. Yep. That's that's pretty sick. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I can't lie, that's pretty sick. <laughs> you walk out of there with bags. You like you walk out of there with a bag of sneakers and a bag of clothes. At least, you know, like a laundry bag. Damn. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Shit, yep. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. I would never think that shit. I still got stuff from there. For real? Yep. Like some, some snow pants, some like some snow wind blankets <laughs> that he had that they made him wear. Like he was like a, just for a photo shoot type thing. <laughs> just because they was baggy. <laughs> you must have some ill like Rockefeller shit, huh? Like any Letterman jackets like one and shit of like ones. that? Now my mom's do. My mom does. She just showed me some stuff. <laughs> she oh shit! Me. She That's got, at the crib. She got the varsity, the original rock varsity. Oh, oh my man. name on it. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, dope. That's dope. Yeah. It, it was funny that, that when we were uh, we drove back from Vegas, I dropped him off. Legit. One time, like driving from a street, I'm leaving. He's like, "Look what Jay Z sent me," and he sends me a picture. And the picture says, "Thank you for all you did, hip hop." And it's a big ass Rockefeller chain. <laughs> Nah, says you the best that did it. Oh yeah, you, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this big, like, just gold crusted fucking chain. I'm like, damn. So I'm like, he goes, look what was left. It was just sitting outside. I'm like, yeah, it was sitting outside my door. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, like you don't understand. Like, it should look like at least twenty five thousand easily, bro. Damn. Wait, so is that the first Rockefeller chain you got? Mm mm. Mm mm. I never wore no. I never wore gold before or chain or anything like that. I was gonna ask you to bring it. Actually, I gave sure. it the first one. I gave to my nephew, big son, and the second one I gave to my son because I know he was always mad that I gave that one away. But he wasn't born. So why did he, he wasn't born when I had it? So he was like, oh. <laughs> he's like, I was supposed to get that, I was right? To get that. <laughs> <laughs> so I do. I do. Once I got the next one, I was like, oh, okay, I know where this is gonna go. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, then you got that new one. Yeah, that's the one I gave him. Oh, that's the one you gave? Yeah. So you've gotten two Rockefeller chains. Yeah. Yeah. And you just never kept them. You just gave them away, huh? I never even put them on my neck. Really? Mm-mm. You didn't even put them on to just see how it would look? Nah. I never even bought a chain for it because they gave me the piece. Oh, they gave you, oh, they give you the, the piece. Yeah, they gave them medallions and stuff. So when I got the medallion, I remember when Dame gave it to me, <laughs> I was asleep. He woke me up at baseline. He was like, here you go, huh? Like, here's your, here's your piece, your rock, whatever. And I was like, all right, go, you know, I think I went back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And then I gave it like, I think I just gave it like literally right to him. I don't even know if he asked me for it or or what happened. I don't know how I even gave it to him. I just... Ask him if he wanted. I just can. Can you explain that a little bit? Like why, you know, a lot a, a lot of people would see that as a defining moment. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's and, what Kanye was striving for, and and they would like Dude. they would actually treasure that a lot, and it would you know they would put a lot of weight on it. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. It's like from what I'm hearing, it's like you help build Rockefeller, but you are the most un Rockefeller person, kind of. 
Cause you, that's that's you, that's true. That's definitely a fact. It's basically um, like I never even wore, I never used to wear Rockaway. Dane used to be mad at me <laughs> because it was like I didn't think I needed to show that I was Rockefeller. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was like the opposite. I was almost trying to hide <laughs> that I worked at Rockefeller. Why is that? Because it was, you know, it was a lot came with it. You know what I mean? Just as far as the, I mean, everybody knew because, but it was early. So as it was happening, like let's say the first couple years, it's like, oh, you work with Jay. It ain't no, ain't no big thing. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, because Jay's not that big yet. So it kind of happened gradually as people, you know what I mean? So they didn't really get a chance to like be excited or swarm or anything. You know, it kind of just was like, before they know it, it was like, oh shit, Kanye's your artist? Oh shit, wow, you work here now? You know, I was just so engulfed in it by the time people figured it out or by the time he got big. So it wasn't like, um, you know, it was just a normal thing. Like I was at a Jay show and like, he was opening up for Little Sean, you know what I mean, and there was like thirty people there. Little Daddy Sean, wait, no, 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 Little Sean. Uh, Hickey's on my neck. Hickey's on my neck. Remember that song? Um, I made love for the very first time. Yeah, yeah, Little Sean. Yeah, I made yeah. love, love for the very first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really goes far. Yeah, yeah that song was dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's, he goes by behind Hickey's on your check like little Sean. Yeah. Get a pissy John yeah. with Don Perignon. He yes. had a good flow. Don, Don Perignon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he ended up using the Biggie line yeah. Biggie shouted him out. Yep. All I want to so, do is make you feel all right. Yeah. yeah he had That's a good what Pac flow. was going to do a song with when he got shot in quad. Yeah. Oh. Do a song with little Sean. Wow. Yeah. So it was always funny. <laughs> he's on Instagram now. He goes by behind the smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my boy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, nah, yeah. Always, yeah. Always. Yep. He, he was always real cool with Rockefeller. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Him, Akinelli, and a couple other guys was like, we even managed them. Oh basically. shit. I mean, yeah, we was managing them. We managed Ak. We managed Sean for a little bit. Then Cam. That's how Cam thing happened. Oh. Okay. We started managing them first because mm-hmm. he kind of came back around because him and Dang. Think fell out, not think they fell out, you know what I mean? Like over some, I think he left them at a show or something like that. Like, wow. like they didn't know they didn't know how to get back and they got oh, lost shit. from like Connecticut <laughs> or something like that. And you know what I mean? And then it was always the the big L mm-hmm. thing because you had big L was like bigger than everybody technically because yeah. mm-hmm. he was first, yeah, but still didn't really get anywhere yet you know what I'm saying but mm-hmm. still like people knew Big Al he, before they, they knew him in the streets yeah. yeah exactly you know what I mean and this yeah. is like weird because Big L was like right before everything that became popular like the mixtapes he was never on mixtapes like that he was never on like R&B remixes like everything where he would eventually kill you know what I'm saying and, right. and probably mm-hmm. got a you know had a bigger status from that but you know, he kind of was one of the first to really voluntarily go underground. You know, yeah. sign the fat beats and be like, mm-hmm. oh, shoot, I'm going to bring my own shit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Making records and stuff. And and that's when we started working with him again. Was he going to sign the Rockefeller before he got killed? For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was wow. in the studio. I was working with him. He was, 
he was signed to Rockefeller in a group with McGruff. Oh, wow. McGruff. Because we couldn't sign him solo because he did a deal with Fat Beats for an album. So we had intentions to maybe do something after that album. That was like Ebonics when he dropped that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever came out because I think that's the one that eventually right. came out after the fact, the big picture, I believe. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but we wasn't going to, he was never signed solo there. And even the Fat Beats one, we was going to do more with them or maybe even do it with them. Mm-hmm. So that was like a talk because he, you know, started really working with Dame, started really, you know, working with us, which was like crazy because we always had a weird digging in the crates relationship. Fat Joe. Oh, that's right. Jay. It was like a little beef. Right. Yeah. Jay and Fat Joe at the time. Yeah. Showbiz mm-hmm. and our other friend. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's what it was. Like, a male boyfriend, a male friend and showbiz. A male friend was showbiz girlfriend. And a male boyfriend was our friend, basically. So, it was like, they got into something... You know, so we done had like multiple things with them, but I was cool with Buck Wow. We was cool with Big L. We was cool, you know what I mean? But, you know, Fat Joe, I remember they, Fat Joe came to the office one time and they had like literally a sit down, like a, like a straight up, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like many times him and Jay had to like really, you know, have sit downs, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? About shit, you know what I'm saying? Because they just thought shit was happening, you know what I mean? But we always knew most mutual friends and shit like that. But, yeah, so at that time, we was trying to do the Big L thing, but it was, you know what I mean, eventually, you know, the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rest she, in peace. Yes, yeah. sir. You've always been, so you've just always been focused on the work, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because um, it was, uh, it was a privilege um, to me, you know what I mean, and an opportunity that, I couldn't even explain where, 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 where they come from or how you even get into it. You know what I'm saying? So when I got into it and I had the opportunity, it was like, okay, I really got to take, you know, take can't take this for granted. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. was really that. And then Jay ended up getting me to, um, to pick the beats with the A&R stuff. I think I don't even know. I thought I was telling that story. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I was telling that story about how I became one. But that's what happened was that with Biggie, we did Brooklyn Finest. I took care of the session. Biggie got there early. I asked Jay, could I come? He was like, oh, I bet. Biggie got there before Jay, and I was there before anybody. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I called Jay. I'm like, yo, Biggie's here. What you want me to do? I think just make sure he's straight. So I called him, bought him some food, put him in the studio. He's good. They in there smoking blunts and shit. And Jay and them come. And they have the first session for Brooklyn Finest where none of them do anything. They just sit there, you know, pass each other the pad. They say, I don't write, I don't write. And then they play the beat at least 100 times, smoked 100 blunts, and everybody was there. Like, everybody that was close you know what I'm saying that was like a friend away was there it was like at least 20 people in a small D&D studio room so after that Jay asked me what I want to do I told him I want to make beats he said go to Ski House oh man Ski's one of my favorite producers man yep he said go to Ski House 
tell him I tell, tell him I told you, tell him I told him you to come there, and tell him you know what you want to do. So I started going to ski house every day. He lived in Brooklyn off Lafayette, mm-hmm. right down the street from Jay, literally across the street from the Barclays, like right there. So I would go to his house every day. Camp Lowe would be there, you know, working on rackets and stuff. I'm, you know, just there. A couple guys would come through, Ken Sport, you know, um, he would come through with rackets. People would come through. So I'm, he's, we've got the sample for Streets is Watching. Mm. I, I found the record. I mean, I ain't find that it. it was sitting right there, you know. Ken Sport bought it over, I guess, or something. And, you know, we playing the record. I'm like, damn, this is crazy. Ski like, oh, yeah. Whatever. So I called Jay on the phone and played a record for him. If I shoot you, I'm brainless. But if you shoot me, then you're famous. What's a nigga to do when the streets is watching? Flats keep clocking, waiting for you to break. Make your first mistake. On the phone. On the phone. He's like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, yo, it's just right here. This beat. I found that ski house. He's like, I'm coming over there right now. Wow. He walks the ski house from his house. <laughs> right up the block, Lafayette. He was right on State Street. You know what I mean? Straight shot, four blocks probably. So I tell Ski, yo, Jay's coming through. For where would he come for? Yo, he wanted to hear that beat. What beat? <laughs> this record, the one I've been trying to tell you to make, whatever. So he was like, oh, shit, I got to I gotta make the record. I got I to gotta, I gotta hook it up. Oh, so, so you played him the sample. I played him the sample. That's why it's, it's it's the beginning of the record because that's what I played him. So he skis skis doing something else. Did you get producer credit? Nah, of course not. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> oh my god. So skis doing something else. He hooked it up, chopped it up, did his thing, played it for JJ. Like, what is this? Start the record hip hop play for me. Where's the record hip hop play for me? He was like, he just played the record. Well, just make the record. Mm. So he went back, did it kind of like it was, you know, added a little strings to it, chopped it up, added some drums, and we did the record. And after that, he said, you're going to pick all my beats. And then I became an A&R after that. God damn. That's crazy. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Why did Ski, um, JG stop working with Ski? Because Ski um, started Rock-A-Block. Side. So that wasn't part of Rockefeller. That was totally nah. different. Nope. He had got his own deal. Was that when Sporty Thieves was on there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He had yeah, Sporty Pigeons. Thieves and yeah. a couple other people that he had signed with him. And he just kind of got more busy with that in Camp Low. Mm-hmm. He started doing that. Um, Dame kind of stopped managing Ski. So I think they might have um, fell out. But he, never, he didn't really because he did Who You With. He did other yeah, yeah, records. Yeah, the second album, but yeah. after that, it, they just mm-hmm. stopped working together. Yeah, because at first it was like a, um, a Clark Kent who got a studio. I come to your house, let's make a record. Mm-hmm. Go to Clark House, make a record. Go to Ski House, make a record. Yeah. You know, or sometimes Chubby House would make a ski record or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was more all he was with. Like, that was all reasonable doubt. It was mainly Ski, Clark Kent, Peter Panic, who was. Clark's producer. He was with Clark. He did Regret. And then you got Premier, mm-hmm. who did the three records for, you know, for some cash, you know what I mean? For straight cash, whatever. And then Deshaun C. 
Yeah, oh, Sean I went, C. Actually, I went to high school with Sean C as well. Oh, where? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So he was already a... Uh, he was already doing it. He was an X Men. The funny thing is, he was an X Men, but I didn't know it until after high school. After oh, we graduated, see, he was and on I started that seeing him. Shit. I'm just like, he was yeah. on that Boogie Blind. Exactly. Shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, that's fucking Sean. <laughs> but that's how Boogie Blind too. That what was funny because he knew all of them. Mm -hmm. He knew Sean C. Yeah. He knew them. I was like, so you know the X Men? You're like, yeah, but I can't live in my building. That's how I figured it out because mm -hmm. it was like, you know, he because I remember Ross Swift was dope. Yep. And we was like. Oh shit Who's this You know what I mean mm -hmm. And he's like Oh yeah I met him before <laughs> And it would just be like That type of stuff Like real Casual Yeah yeah You know what I mean At that time I didn't know nobody <laughs> You know what I'm saying I was like I was like Excited to meet anybody Yeah at, You know what I mean Back in those days But he you know Already knew a lot of those DJs and stuff And Jay went through A, a nice amount of DJs Like a few X-Men Was his DJ Eclipse DJ for Jay Eclipse yeah at a time, Dr. Butcher was a DJ oh, for shit. a minute. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite, one of my favorite people, just period. He taught me a lot just being around him. Real cool dude. Because he was like Ock DJ. Ockinelli. Like, yeah. yeah. Ock always had a good thing. He had Rob Swift. He had Dr. Butcher. He mm -hmm. was like, he was around Jay a lot. He used to come out in Jay shows and do, because he had bigger records. During that time when Jay had that much records, I could come out and do put it in your mouth and like, oh, shit. free. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? And Jay could just chill for sedan. a little while, you know right, what I'm right. saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and come back on and do his records and stuff. But that was like a um a little break in the show, I guess, because that's what Kane used to do for Jay. Mm -hmm. So it was like, he always did that. He always brought somebody out to rap. Eventually it was Beans, you know. But he had other kids too. He had a kid named Hosta Ripper. I used to come out from Jersey, and he'll perform at every J show. He was like, uh, but he could do anything. Like he was like one of those like real, like he wrote for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. He's right for Latifah and like you know he's from Jersey, but he had like this, this ill. I don't know. He was just like a hell of a performer. Like he could just like rap and be saying stuff and be doing it at the same time. And you know what I mean? He was just like a real witty to where like, you know, back then, you know, you had to get the crowd on your side. Yeah. So he was like mm -hmm. one of those guys. You you could just put him on stage and walk away and the crowd yeah. would be making noise. And like, So why he never popped off? Or why? The songs. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a pre-battle rapper type thing. Like a supernatural. Yeah. It was like that, like you know what I mean, like a rapper that was just a good performer, a good freestyle. But couldn't, good, trans, couldn't translate yeah. into records. Yeah, couldn't translate into records and stuff. So that was like, kind of like his problem, mm -hmm. you know. But he, you know, he found something as an um, artist. You know what song he wrote? He wrote, um, "You Must Have Forgot." <laughs> Roy, Roy Jones. Jones. <laughs> oh, <shit>. Really. <laughs> Because oh, I remember he was in the video. I was like, anytime he in the video, I'm like, I know he wrote that. He had to be the ghostwriter. Oh, <laughs> Yo, that's hilarious. Yeah, because he got signed to him for a minute. You know what I'm saying? You know, them type of guys would sign, sign you and help no, you write their rhymes day, and stuff. Every boxer from Florida still uses that song. Every really? boxer from Florida still uses that song to this day. Yeah, must have forgot. I'm positive. <laughs> Like what was the group? It was it was a group with Roy Jones. It was uh, yeah, he uh -oh. was in it. <laughs> of course, D would know that song. Yeah, yeah yo, body headbangers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How you know that? The body headbangers. 
that's a big song in the boxing world. Cause you got have you have that in your computer. Yeah. Yo, so many. You're boxers. the only motherfucker I know that has that in. <laughs> so many boxers use that song on the train. Like they, they love that song. Man. It's really, like a, it's like a really hype, get you like riled up type of a song. It's hilarious. Oh my god. <laughs> god. <laughs> Yo, hip hop. Why do you know these things? Though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking us everything, man. Oh, shit. It's crazy. They don't call me hip hop for nothing, man. Uh, I know. That's hilarious, though. Nah. That he what you call it. <laughs> That you got that record in your Serato. You ain't got no Roy Jones in your Serato. <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah, that's crazy. Hey, Hip hop. We, we, we're nearing like three hours. For real? So, yeah, yeah. So that's we, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit>. We gotta. <laughs> I'm looking outside. That shit is definitely dark. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I went from day to night. That's uh-huh. crazy. Yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> we gotta. We should wrap this up. Wrap it. Uh, up. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, what do you call it? We gotta do a part two soon, though. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, no, I'll do it in Vegas for sure. We, well, yeah, I definitely want to smoke up. I want to smoke with. Uh, you don't want to do that. The part two, we might have to just smoke up and then and then talk. Yeah. Bro, no, he's in that. a different yeah. category of smoking weed. You better be careful. I mean, yeah, nah, it's not for play play. Well, I won't smoke. I'll let him smoke and I'll get the contact. Yeah, they get the Hey, yo, hip hop. Thank you so much no for coming doubt, through, man. man. For sure. Man, thank yo, you, let's brother. give hip hop a round of applause. Shit. The best. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.